Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here located in uh, northwest Pennsylvania. Live every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Of course, BTR and YouTube Live. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Um, two websites, HagmanReport.com, HagmanandHagman.com. The latter, of course, is for the show. Uh, watch it right on the uh, website. Also, uh, HagmanReport.com. That's where you get the news information, analysis, important stuff, show prep. You know, it's rare. It's rare that we have a person, a guest, two nights in a row. I don't think, in fact, I, I would dare say this is the first time in the, in the, uh, 1500 episodes we've done where this has ever has taken place. But I'm angry. I am absolutely angry. I'm outraged. And let me tell you something. After in in thirty minutes from now, if you're not outraged, then to me there's something wrong with you. There's you're not listening. You're not paying attention. And if if you are are if you are a conservative, and you are a Christian, and you are a Christian conservative, and you're not outraged at the end of this thirty minutes, then you know what? I question whether you're either one of those. And if if you if you if you're the the type of person that wants to take pot shots. You call yourself a Christian, and instead of investigating the real issues, you take pot shots at others. You're contemptible, in my view. I'm angry. I'm extremely angry. Because, you see, yesterday, we had Angela on this program. And she was talking about Pedogate. And she's known as, uh, she was known as Not Manipulated 7 on Twitter. Subsequent to the, her parents, she was suspended from Twitter. All within the last 24 hours, our, our program director, John Robertson, his Twitter account was gone, back, gone, back, gone, back. I'm not sure where, what state of flux it's in, but we know one thing. Angela, who appeared on the SGT report, uh, and, and really named names and appeared on her show last night. Her Twitter account has been suspended. Why? Well, why do you think? Angela, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I sound a little bit mean spirited right now, but. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad that you, um, I'm glad you care. I'm glad you care about children and free speech. Well, I care about both, and I, I think this is despicable. I think the people behind this are despicable. And, and you know, I don't want to hear enough from you. Uh, I'm not saying this about you. But, you know, the people who say, well, Twitter, you know, it, it's their real estate. Um, okay. Well, so I guess that argument can be made with all the major networks. And I, I Think, I, you think know. about this. The counterargument to that is the um, bake shops that refuse to make cakes for homosexual weddings. That right. went through a big dust up a year or two ago. They're their own businesses. Yeah. But they don't have the right to discriminate. 
No, no. Well, Angela, uh, rather than us wax uh, angrily here, why don't you? <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us. Coming back on short. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Look, uh, lay this all out. I mean, I'm just, again, I'm angry and, and I'm going to carry your torch and I, I don't know, was it because of us or was it in spite of us? I mean, what happened? I think you guys were definitely, I believe it was definitely a part of it. Um, just last night, the Hagman report, um, interview from last night got on our, um, was posted on our page and then also, um, Sean from SGT Report also posted an interview that I had done with him as well. And uh, right. by the daytime, gosh, I want to say this might have been around like 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Um, here's what happened. They suspend me. But at the very same time, like minutes before I noticed that I was suspended, my dad had just asked me, um, you know, how can I post that Hagman um, interview I said, oh, just go to the top of my profile and um, retweet it from there, because he just made one. And, in fact, I made it for him on my phone because neither of us are very tech-savvy, and that was the only way I knew how to do it. Now, I made his with his own email address, but I just did it on my phone so I could set it up that way. And um, so he was on his Twitter when he was asking me that, So, and I had just gotten off of mine, and I get back on there to... Um, I was gonna, I can't remember what I was gonna do. And I, it told me I was suspended. And within seconds, my dad sends me a text, says that his got suspended. So, he only had like 30 followers and he really didn't use it that much. And he used his own email address, but they suspended us at the exact same time because they were both from my phone. Like if that doesn't, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. I mean like, that's completely silly. They just didn't, wow. they didn't want me to be able to access Twitter at all. Have you tried to, um, I know, Angela, we talked earlier, have you tried to um, hit the your dad's Twitter account on another IP or a, a different device than your phone? Have you been able to do that? I haven't. I've kind of had my hands tied most of the day. Um, I can check yeah. for him. But he, was, he was on his own, um, Gosh, it was, it was probably his phone where he was checking it from, and that's where he found out he was suspended. So the, the connection so, yeah. to that, though, is your phone. I actually copied some of your some of your information off your Twitter page. Oh, um, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course, I would urge everyone in the in the uh, we took Angela's uh, show from last night, folks, and. It's isolated. It's on our video page. Uh, but in the program description also is the SG, SGT interview, a link to that. Um, but we can try with what Joe just mentioned there. We, we can try from, from here. But, but the bottom line here is, uh, you know, it, this, this is, uh, and of course our program director, John Robertson, his Twitter account was inaccessible for, for some time and it was back on and off. Uh, I'm not sure where that stands right now, except to say that it, it's it's teetering, I suppose, on the edge of uh, suspension. But yours comes right up, uh, the account suspended. And, Angela, this is your only social media outlet that you use, correct? Yes. I'm, like, yeah. anti-social media. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, a re- I'm a very private person. Like I said last night, had I not gotten tired of being called a Russian troll, I would never have added a picture, you know. And I made it a point to add one that was just a few years old, you know, so that... 
I don't know. I just thought, well, it's better than putting one of me from yesterday. But I mean, it was it wasn't that old, but still, I only added it just because of that because I'm very private. Um, and I don't I like the only reason. I just there's just a bigger purpose for it right now. That's the only reason. Right. And I might have when I said last night that I did it in my free time. I probably should have clarified that what I'm doing is I was giving up a lot of my actual. I shouldn't say free time because. To be honest, my house, ever since Pizzagate broke, and it has just bothered me, everything seems so petty. Like, I spend so much less time cleaning the house. My poor husband, you know, I've got a stack of laundry. I've never let laundry go as bad as I have in the last couple months. But to me, it's like, gosh, I could spread awareness right now, or I could worry about some laundry. And it's it's just hard because I get it done, but I'm also obsessed with getting the word out because if I don't, who else? I mean, and I know other people are doing it too, but this is the way I thought. I could maybe reach one more person. Sure. And um Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely think that the two, especially the two, um and I and I know that they do not like you guys, but um <laughs> I definitely think that for sure the interview last night and probably also Sean's from SGT, his interview, I believe those both were, they dropped a few names. Um well, you you really you really were taking some people to the to the woodshed on SGT report. I mean, from uh, <laughs> wow, you both of you and well, you, all of you were there. Um, and again, I would urge people to to really listen to that. Um, okay, but but Angela, what are we going to do now? I, I guess what are you planning on doing? You've got a lot of time, blood equity invested in this, sweat equity that is invested in this, a lot of research time. What are your, what are your plans right now? Because we need to stick together and support you. We really do. Yes. Uh, well, I'll attempt to make another one, but by the way that they actually went on my phone and deleted my dad's for no reason, because like I said, it was so small and insignificant. Um, the way they did that, I have a feeling that I won't last long at Twitter. And that's okay, because you know what? Jack Dorsey is on the record for saying that he eats the, he's making the good pasta and, um, reading the satanic verses and that he's also on record. And these are tweets from like 09 that got, you know, people found them. Um, he's also on the record for saying he's rearranging his office for a pizza. And none of that really makes that much sense. But that's okay. So I know that that's why I'm not very welcome on this platform. It's obviously, I'm going to assume it's like a CIA-ran platform. Um, And it's funny because Twitter is, they're funny. People don't get it. Um, They think this all boils down to some silly old false flag fake shooting at a pizza shop, and it it doesn't at this point. Um, Twitter was, it it was exposed not long ago that like 20 to 25,000 accounts had child porn. And for those that aren't aware, child porn, it's, a, it's a really a disgrace to call it that because it's a child being physically painfully raped on camera and then exploited. Um, and I don't like the name child porn because if, you know, if I was raped and they just called it porn, it would upset me. And uh, so anyway, they had uncovered like all these accounts. And rather than suspend, and some of these accounts had like 25,000 followers. Rather than suspend those accounts, they suspended the account that exposed it. So, like I said, you know, you've got an account that had 30 followers that was just simply linked to my phone that got it suspended. But, you know, people with 25,000 followers um, showing evil crimes of raping 
children on camera aren't getting suspended. So there's a problem. Well, I guess. Exactly. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. And, and you make a good point. It's amazing that the that the rape, the moral depravity, the people who are behind this moral depravity can exist un, unmolested on social networking. But the moment that you or or others like you expose this depravity, you're the one who's intolerant. You're the one who's who is. Uh, uh, spreading fake news, and 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 it, I'm I'm again I, I'm angry, and, and you know, um, well I, I'm not going to go there, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, the, uh, boy I'm I'm tongue tied because this really affected me today because I you know I, I the last thing I wanted to do use our platform is to cause you grief, I mean that, that from the heart, but. I feel that we had. Oh, you guys have been nothing but supportive. I mean, it's not your fault. It was bound to happen soon. I mean, we talked about their funny little way of censoring me the other day, like a little fancy way of censoring me. And like I told people, I said, you know, it's like they tailored that time out for me, you know, just. So then it wasn't that shocking that they suspended me and made sure that the other account that was linked on my phone was suspended as well, because, you know. Well, um, Angela, aside from. Doing the laundry. I mean, I, I, not that we don't want you to do laundry. Although your husband might call me up tomorrow and say, you know, you shouldn't have said that, but you don't have to do that. Um, we, we're going to have somebody do that for you because your your, your talents uh, obviously are, are uncovering this uh, the, the this this stuff with with pedogates and such. But what are your plans? Uh, are you? I've got a great website hosting company that would host your website in a second for you but are you are you planning on continuing your research i guess is my question for sure yes um these pedophiles are going down i mean that's just plain and simple if you rape kids you're going down um that was at the top of my profile i said 2007 i said love god hate lies and i said 2017 is the year um of I don't remember, pedophiles going down or something like that. And I meant that um, this isn't, I'll probably get my Gab account up and running a little bit more. And, yes, I will probably start maybe doing more writing because there's a lot of stuff that's been uncovered. And maybe I can connect the dots a little better and some pieces for people um, because, you know, almost in a sense, 140 characters didn't do it much much justice. You had to kind of be creative with that. but. And I was talking with John about that today too, our producer. Really, um, the information needs to, needs to be really laid out and, and you have such a great, uh, just following your, 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 your feed, I was able to, to put more together from your feed than many of the other YouTube's videos I've watched as well as some of the, the written words. So if you would turn to write, I guarantee you, you would, uh, change a lot of minds. If I can ask, uh, Angela, John Podesta. Okay, now, folks, let me preface this by saying no one, you know, we're not, there's no accusations being made here, but on, on the SGT report, he played the, uh, that horrific sound of torture, allegedly, apparently from, was it, I'm not sure where, where that was recorded, and it sounded like John Podesta, and there were some, there were some comparisons made. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I kind of wanted to, Ask that before we went 
too far down the road. You know, I was originally I was skeptic about it because I was like, well, you know, where did it come from? It came on from some like some weird website. But now keep in mind, um, they've been kind of just you know to keep this in mind, the intelligence community that is actually fighting against this evil. You know, they've been purposely leaking things out bits by bits, and they are hoping that the citizens, because that's what they need, they need the numbers on their side, since they have most of Deep State working against them, and of course all of the elite. Um, So, at first I was skeptic, but then um, what happened was there was just like this instant pushback on that video. Um, The account that first was tagging it and saying, hey, I've heard this might be John Podesta, it was like their account got suspended instantly. And so that actually was the first thing that caught my attention. Like, that's weird. And then my friend Susie, who ended up downloading it to her um, Twitter page, and she made it where you could watch it much easier. Um, She was actually in a private message telling us how she was going to get, um, like, a voice analysis of it. And before uh, she could ever get it back, the very account that she told us was doing it was also suspended. And she never announced that, but in private messages. And that was just two things that happened in the same day. So that actually got our attention. And the more people listen to it, now, it's hard to hear, like I said, because the child in it is being tortured. I mean, they're being tortured. It's very, very, very upsetting. There's a lot of people that were, like, sick from it. Grown men were crying just from listening to it. And um, But people could hear the child saying things like John and Skippy, like when he was asking his name. Um, And then immediately after that, it was discovered that, like, WikiLeaks had, like, a crazy amount of references to um, John's evil twin, which is his, like, alter ego, being Skippy. Um, Washington Washington Post had even written a write-up about it, like, a few years ago, like, kind of thinking that's funny. What really got it for me was... There was this very unique lighting, and it was like blue, purple, with little hints of green. And yes. um, someone exposed that Comet Ping Pong's lighting that they have during their shows was identical. It was identical. And we know that that um, Podesta and that Comet Ping Pong are directly related. And um, so that was like, whoa, okay, now that's weird. That might explain why there was such instant pushback. And then the last thing was, there's another video right after it, and it's at the same place, it's the same child, and he's being made to participate in what sounds like a seance. And he actually says, I'm John, and he says the first syllable of Podesta. Um, And I was just like, okay, that that can't be a coincidence. You know, like, that's just weird. So he got blasted. Um, I'm sure it's been seen probably 200,000 times minimum on Twitter. And it's like she said... She never got, like, one, you know, email from an attorney saying, you know, I'm going to sue you. I just think that's strange. I don't know. Yeah, and, and exactly. I, I would think that the uh, legal letters would be flying um, if if one is innocent. But but I, I could be wrong. But I heard, the, I heard the same thing you heard, and it's a hideous audio videotape. The audio is hideous, and... Um, and and I heard the same thing you heard, and, and hey, I don't I, look, I don't know, but it, it, it when played back to back with uh, uh, John Podesta telling someone to get get away or leave him alone in, in uh, very crass terms, wow, it, it hits some of the same 
modulation. I don't know what, what do you call it. Mo- uh, yeah. Some of the same peaks on the. And I haven't seen the voice analysis, um, but it does sound eerily similar. And, yeah. and it, it it is cause for concern, especially with all the other evidence and, and and things we saw coming out of those emails and the connections to Podesta with the number of convicted um, child rapists and and pedophiles. It's can, just disturbing. Can we, Angela? What do you recommend this, the our listeners do? I mean, we're looking a little bit. I, I, the reason I asked John to have you back on, one of the reasons, and Joe and I spoke about this earlier, is to get your feeling as to what you're going to be doing. Because I think what we really need to do is we need to band together all of all of us in 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 this uh, research community, no matter how big and how small. You know. That's right. Well, for sure. Well, I think that um, well, the good news, and I should say this because um, the topic has not died. The reason it's not died, and I know this, is because um, I'm a nobody. I don't have a radio show. I don't have, you know, a, even a publication of any sort, and. Um, I just started my Twitter, like what we talked about yesterday. It was like four months ago, and I only had a picture up there for like three. And in the last few weeks, I've been getting anywhere between three to 700 new followers a day. And that might not that might sound like chump change if I had like a half a million follower account, and that, but I'm not any of these people. I don't have my own show or anything. And so when people are doing that, that tells me, that's my indicator since Twitter won't let it trend, that the topic is just getting hotter. And hotter, and I don't mean to sound like it sounds insensitive, but it's not that. It just means that people are waking up more and more and becoming more concerned with this topic than what they're being allowed to know. Because I wouldn't be getting 500 new followers a day as a nobody if people didn't care about this abuse against these tiny little children. And a point I do want to make about John Podesta is, you know, we do know by the WikiLeaks and the, the leaked code through the FBI anon that he talked about playing dominoes on uh, pasta or on cheese, which right. is a little girl or a little boy. And it was also leaked that dominoes and another thing meant dominatrix. But if you look at the artwork that his brother was on record for saying he enjoyed his brother, you'll see really wicked uh, scenes of torturing young children. You'll see ones, the details are so specific that it's almost in my mind, I can't help but think that it's almost documented, legal documented abuse. But I can't say that for sure. But they have like sure. an emaciated little boy in nothing but underwear with like bones you could see hanging, being suspended from the ceiling, which is something they do for some reason. They love to take their victims and suspend them from the ceiling. And that this is something that a sadist would enjoy. They get sexual pleasure from torturing someone like that. Then there's ones of little girls lined up against the wall, the same tiled background that you find where they do these things in like basements that are made with drains and, and things like that. And you can see suspension cables, you can see drains, and these little girls are all lined up against the wall in their underwear. Somebody has meticulously painted their bottoms to look like they've been spanked, like red, and their feet are stained with like a reddish, like a blood color. And what I'm saying is this is the artwork that we know that the Podesta's like. Those are the emails that we know. And it's like you said, they have the inner way. circle yeah. with pedophile after pedophile after pedophile. The man oozes perversion. When I see him on a, in my own opinion, he oozes perversion when he's, like, being interviewed. So, I don't know. I have a problem with that. Well, <laughs> you know, what about the fact that yeah, the Podesta never denies it? 
Well, he, anytime he, I think he did. I have Okay, maybe he or, has, but in, in interviews I've seen recently, when it is brought up, when he's on a... a he blows it off. Right. Well, that was debunked, he'll respond. <laughs> exactly. Or he'll, yeah. he'll never say, absolutely not, I've never done... I mean, wouldn't that just... To me, the logical thing to say... Uh, I would be... Ins- I mean, yeah. look, I'd be, I'd, so legal angry? papers would be flying everywhere, trust me, when I tell you. Yeah, his oh, reactions sure. definitely don't match. No, they don't. And like Sean brought up, he said, you know, if that was me, he said, and I was innocent, like I think anyone would think about this, and these were the accusations being spread upon millions of people, okay? The first thing you would say is, I would absolutely never hurt a kid. Here, this is what that code stood for. And, you know, I'm innocent. Here, you're just misunderstanding me. And I would actually bring up the accusations and face them, you know, head on. But instead, like you said, he literally avoids even saying what any of it's about. That's so guilty. Seeming, it seems guilty. And he's just like, oh, it's all been debunked, debunked in his silly little voice. It's all been debunked. Right. And, um, yeah, so, skippy. I don't know. Little Skippy oh. gets under my skin. Yeah, Skippy indeed. Um, Angela, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for being the intrepid uh, researcher and investigator that you are. And I just want to encourage you and have our listeners encourage you as well. Um is there a way? Are you publishing an email address or anything? Or um, uh, well, it, follow me at PizzaGate Angela. That's a, an account I set up at Gab, and I'm going to figure it out, especially now okay. that I'm kind of being forced to. And then I am probably going to do some writing, only because that was something I told my mother like months ago that I felt like God was leading me to. And then even just here in the last few days, I've had people kind of confirming it by telling me, and I think that was God saying, "Okay, now's the time." You know. Yeah, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be held hostage to 140 characters. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yes. And I, can I say something else that was suspicious all along when I sure. was on my account? I mean, do I have like two minutes to just kind of call out a yeah, few? Minute. We're going to make it. We're going to make it two minutes. We're going to blow right through if we have to blow right through the bomb. Go ahead. Okay. Well, then I'll. And in fact, I'll leave out all the other ones. I just want to point out a suspicious uh, block I had. Um, I've never, ever, ever talked about Linda Rothschild. Okay. Never. And when I had about 7,000 followers, and I don't know how this happened, but, like, uh, somehow someone tagged me in something, and I looked, and she had blocked me. So then here recent, so why is this woman that's from a family that literally runs the world, why is she blocking someone named Pizzagate Angela when I've never, ever talked about her once? Pizzagate Angela, remember, that's about child abuse. And then I'm finding out, like, recently that she's, like, a board member of some sort of the McCain Institute, which is like the Saudi-funded, you know, which is red flag, red flag, red flag, the one that Thorne is connected to with Ashton Kutcher. So I'm just like, why would if, and they have a human trafficking division. So this lady's on this thing that apparently cares about supposed human trafficking. Why is she blocking an account that is all about fighting it? And especially, who am I? I'm like seriously a mom. Why are you blocking me, Linda Rothschild? And then Kevin Spacey, the verified account, did that to me about last week, the same thing. Except for with him, I had made a post, but I didn't tag him or anything. Why was I on his radar? He had me blocked within like an hour. So it's like so strange because like both of those people, one of them I had never talked about. The other one I had just made my first post ever about, and I hadn't tagged him or anything. So I just think that when Kevin Spacey and Linda Rothschild are, are um, blocking accounts like Pizzagate, Angela, I just think that's strange. Uh, I'm right there with you. 
Angela, uh, we are going to be, uh, look, please keep in touch with us. We're going to be following you, supporting you as, as we can, as you, as you need. You, you, you have our number 24-7. Whatever you need. Thank you. We're here for you. Thank you. All right. God bless awesome. you so I much. It. All right. And God Thank bless you. you guys. I really do appreciate the support. Yeah. You're, you're well deserving of it. We'll stay in touch, Angela. You have a good night. Thank yeah. you. You too. We'll be right back, folks. Hang right, hang right where you're at. Book two, Pentecost, and book three, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Folks, I'm going to tell you something uh, uh, right here. This is the last day of February, all right? Um, now, I, I may not finish out the night. I, I'm, I, I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because I, when I'm, uh, I'm going to attempt to uh, do some things to gather some forces, and I'm not going to get into it. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time. I'm dealing with a, a number of time zones. We're going to gather some forces. We're going to be fighting, exposing this this pedo gate. All right. Um, and I want to thank because we're running over time. Uh, I want to thank Todd from Global Star Radio Network. Thank you so much for your understanding. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank our sponsors for being understanding with late reads. Um, TexasReady.net. Okay, TexasReady.net, folks. They are they are the ultimate seed company. Um, I want I just want to say thank you for all of everything that you do, uh, Texas Ready. And you know our sponsors are great. All right, we we rely on on really on on the spur of our listeners. 
but we also re- rely on the support of our sponsors. This has grown. Our enterprise has grown into this this huge operation. We have uh, investigative assets across the country, not many, but very effective. We've got uh, people on staff here, not many, but very effective, working 24-7. So this is a joint effort, and I'm coming to you, we're coming to you, with open, with an open heart, letting you know, look, we're doing our best. Okay. When we, when I heard about Angela, Pizzagate Angela being banned on Twitter, look, I, you know, you know, it's coming. Okay. I understand that we shouldn't be surprised, but I will tell you this. The information that she has spread to others has been so important. And so she's woken up a lot of people. And see, that's what, that's what these, these demonic forces are afraid of. This awakening. And, and friends and family members, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, we are headed for a calamity. We are headed for a calamity. Now, my good friend, uh, Paul Williams guest, uh, or he's a, he's an author of the Day of Islam and, in fact, uh, a chapter of the Day of Islam, Dr. Paul Williams. Uh, is, was devoted to my investigation in, uh, uh, of Islamburg. And, uh, he's scheduled to come on right now. We're having a little bit of a situation getting him on. But I, oh, we got him? Okay. Yeah. I had first met him back in, uh, I think it was 2005, uh, he, uh Dr. Paul Williams, Jimmy McLeod up in Toronto. We met up there in Toronto. And, uh, I've got to tell you, this guy, this guy is a one smart cookie. And not only smart, he's he's a prolific author. He's a great author. His book, The Day of Islam: The Annihilation of America in the Western World, has never been more relevant than it is today. It's available on Amazon. I know that uh, I, I, it's in my office. I didn't before I ran into the studio. I didn't grab it. Um, he's got a book about uh, oper- he's got a book titled Operation Gladio. It, um, and so on. If you just search, and, and I'll put, we'll put, well, it's already in the program description, Paul, Paul L. Williams, but, uh, definitely his books, you, you grab a hold of his books. Uh, he's got, he's just, it, it, Operation Gladio is amazing, but the Day of Islam is absolutely amazing. Of course, you know, why wouldn't it be? I'm in there, right? Uh, Crescent Moon Rising, <laughs> another, another right on the money book. Uh, but Amazon.com for Dr. Paul Williams. Dr. Paul Williams, are you with me? With us? I'm with you. I can't believe, Doug, I am talking to you after all these years. I know. Isn't it something, brother? I'll tell you. I, 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 well, I don't know if everyone should be, I don't know if they're really aware. Uh, you are the best investigator I have ever met in my life. And I've met a lot of them. Uh, because of you, and uh, I mean, there are a lot of people who would, say, who would like to say, like even on Fox News or uh, 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 several of these other Christian groups, Christian Action Network, that they discover these Islamic compounds. The only one who discovered those compounds, the only one, was you. And the only one who really had their was aware of what was taking taking place at that. Do you remember that mosque up in Buffalo and these other places? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Was Doug Hagman? It's an honor to talk to you. I mean, you are you you are without equal. And, well, thank you. Uh, and, and I have, and, and, 
As are you, I, you know. And, and, and I, you know, I, I've got to tell you, and folks, it's don't get the wrong idea, okay? I mean, this is not this is not scripted. And you're right; I haven't spoken with you in a while. It's just our, our schedules have been so crazy and different. But but you know, you really uh, when when we met up in Toronto, your focus, your laser like focus on the issue at hand, I, I just I was amazed at. Uh, I was amazed at how you got things done. Do you Go know ahead. what happened up there, Doug? This is interesting. When I when I was up there, you remember we were looking for Adnan Oshukrajuma, and yeah. I ended up at McMaster University after I left you, and yeah. I uh, I discovered a, a really a, a hive of jihadis up there, and uh, I reported it, and I got sued by McMaster University, I think, for four or five million dollars, and yep. uh, that that suit went on and on. And I finally prevailed. I mean, nobody, I, I just want to, to say that on your show. I prevailed. I won. But everybody with me that, that, that should have been right behind me caved in. Uh, my publisher caved in. Joseph Farah caved in. All these people just caved in and they said, oh, yeah, we're sorry. And uh, I just want your, your listeners, uh, because we have the same audience, to know that I never caved in. And I stood up to with to them. It cost me a fortune, but uh, I prevailed in the end. I, uh, you know, I mean, what I found up, what I found discovered at that trip when I met you was right on the money. And you they, they, they identified planning to, that. Yeah. To God, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead and restate that because I think it's so important. Which which you were about to say that I interrupted. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, well, we were up there, if you, you recall, because he, you were part of this original investigation looking into Adnan Oshukrajuma. And, uh, I, I, I mean, you, you were up there, uh, I think, really at that time at, at my behest because uh, I reached out to you because you were the number one invest. I knew that you you had your finger on radical Islam, what was taking place throughout throughout the United States and throughout Canada. And I, I think I, I, it was because of me you went up there. I might be yes. wrong, but I... No, and, it, it, and was, anyhow, it was at your house. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and anyhow, as a result of that meeting, I did find that nest. But at the, at the end of the day, I really got... I mean, I was dealing with... Oh, this suit, Doug, was... Un, I mean, the cost of the lawyers... The, the, my Canadian lawyers would call me up and they said they would say, "How are you doing today, Paul? We hope everything's okay. How are you doing with your wife? How are you doing with your writings?" And then they would hang up uh, after about ten or fifteen minutes. They would charge me for the phone. They would charge me for the preparation of an email, the transmission of an email. I mean, they were the biggest. The, my worst enemies were not the jihadis up there. They were my own lawyers. And it was just a, a one heck of an experience. But through it all, there is Doug Hagman, who has never wavered. And I can't say that about many others. I mean, you, uh, I, I consider you one of my, uh, you're one of the few people that I have associated with that I truly respect. Well, well I, that means a lot to me because I, I do know that you went through hell with oh. that legal suit. And folks, let me tell you something. You know, you, you, uh, Dr. Williams, you won, you prevailed, but it cost you so much. And see, this is what people don't understand, because anybody can sue anybody for anything. Anything. And uh, right. And and I'll tell you something. And and uh, there there will be a point, ladies and gentlemen, when I will. There will be a point when I will tell our listeners. 
things that you don't know. Our listeners don't know, uh, but there are some things going on. But see, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars you expended on that suit. A hundred thousand. Oh, Doug, yeah. And not, not only that, but you, I mean, you're, you're, it, 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 it's like devastating for your family. And even if you're right, and I was totally right, uh, I, I mean, the pressure on you to, you know, to buckle under and yep. the pressure from your publisher, because I, I made, you know, I was, I'm the, I make money by writing. Uh, the, the the pressure on my publisher, my literary agent deserted me, and uh, you know, it, it was really tough. But uh, thank thankfully for people like you who have always reviewed my books and given me wonderful plugs. Thanks to thanks to you, I have prevailed. I uh, you know, Operation Gladio was just sold to American Movie Classics. You know, I heard that, and I wasn't sure if that was a, a real, because uh, we haven't spoken. I wasn't sure if that was true or not. I thought, I thought, great for you, man. That that's that's just well worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know, okay. I, and and a couple of things I I really would like to talk to you about, Doug, mainly about Islamburg and what I found out in the aftermath. If if we could spend some some time you talking know, about that. Yes, yes, because people don't. And, and this is where you're the expert in this. And folks, let me tell you something, okay? Paul Williams had the balls, and I'm saying that on Christian radio here, to, to, to go into the, the very places that we ran covert surveillance where we heard the, the sound of automatic weapons. We saw the bus full of bullet holes. We saw uh-huh. that the people, and let me tell you, none of these are nice people, but you had, you had, you had the guts to go in there. So you go ahead, sir. The floor I, is I yours. went in there a couple times, Doug. But one thing about, well, they, you were in there first. Uh, but afterwards, you, you know, the, 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 these compounds throughout the country were set up by Jelani, as you know, Sheikh Jil- Mubarak Jelani from Pakistan. Right. Well, I, I I went to Brooklyn. He had the Yassin Mosque in Brooklyn. I, I learned from Northeast Intelligence how to do these things. Go to go right back to the source and the original. So I went there. I was in I was in Brooklyn, uh, and uh, I, several times, as a matter of fact. And I, I spoke to members of his mosque. I, I, I spoke to people to the court, the people right from the Muslims of the Americas in New York. They all believe. Get this, Doug. That they're they're working. For the CIA. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They yeah, and, and it, guess it, what? They are. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, they are. They are. That's what I I was figuring that you know the the, the, the real people who are perpetuating the jihad is the uh, deep state. All yes. these we're doing it. Yes. It's unbelievable. Jelani, I was wondering, how could they be protected? How could a place like this prevail? How could the FBI go up there and have a picnic? I could never understand it. But I went there, and I spoke to several people that, that uh, as I said, that, that were fil- affiliated with Jelani. Uh, and uh, I, I got some wonderful literature from them uh, testifying that Jelani is a CIA operative, and he was brought here. By the CIA, along with uh, Blind Shake Rockman, yes. they were both both transported here by the CIA to uh, recruit uh, uh, black Muslims for the jihad, and they're still funded by them. They are, 
and they're working in tandem with domestically uh, with uh, with many of the FBI. And but, yes. but the, at the, at the 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 money is being funded through this through the deep state uh, from the CIA. You're absolutely right. And I'll, I'll tell you this: two things. Number one, Sheikh Jelani uh, still has that religious statement against me. I uh, posted on his website. I don't know. It's like five pages where where uh, uh, on Muslims of America's uh, website. Uh, and, and I got a visit uh, not, not not too long after the report was published. Well, you, you know what, Paul? Uh, I published my report, gave it to the FBI, and the ink wasn't even dry on the on the report on on the, on the compound in uh, Hancock, New York. And I, I got two FBI agents that came to my door uh, who had the report. Uh, Jelani had the report uh, himself, and the two yeah. FBI agents says, "You know, if I were you, I'd." I'd, I'd I'd really increase your security because you're poking at a bear, and uh, have a nice night. And my wife was like, you know, exactly. Well, I don't know if you know, I, I, Doug. One other thing I have to say to you, and and this is because we've been involved in the same work for probably 15 years. Most people that I hear on programs like this who claim to be counter-terrorist or terrorism experts, and you, you know the list of them, a lot of them have made a fortune on this, have met a, never met a terrorist. Never met a But they're counter-terrorism experts. They're on the talk shows. They're on Fox News. They're, on, they're all over the place. Right. Uh, your listeners, and uh, we should do something together, because you... And I, I mean, we, we've been there. You've looked, and folks, this guy, Paul Williams, has looked terrorists square in the eye. He's found terrorists and turned over information where, you know, I didn't look, uh, Dr. Williams, I'm not even sure how not, My still, name is Paul to you, Doug. We're friends. You I, don't I call know, me doctor. But, uh, but no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. Okay, no, all right, we, Paul, but, but, but I'm going to tell you, the listeners need to know you're well credentialed. But I got to tell you, um, I just don't know how you're, you have had a bullseye on your back by the by both sides, oh. by, by the deep state and by the terrorists now for a number of years. Oh. And I, I'm, I'm going to I'm make our listeners a promise: we are we are going to be releasing information and and uh, about all of this. But folks, Paul, Dr. Paul Williams' books, Amazon, worth every cent, every cent plus. I mean, they're worth their weight in gold. You got to, you got to really to understand really what's going on. But, but go ahead, uh, Paul. Uh, well, yeah, and then another thing. Well, one other thing I have to say. I've, I've been, I've watched you on Alex Jones too, uh, Doug. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. I'm really tickled that you're. I mean, you're in a. You, you guys are right on the money. But in any case, there was another, there was something else that that I. If I were, if if you were around, if you were not out in Erie, if you were closer to Scranton, Pennsylvania, I would have taken you on my travels up to the. Gulen complex, Fatula oh, Gulen. Yeah, yeah. Now this was very yeah. interesting, Doug. This place is in uh, Sailorsburg, Pennsylvania. It's up in the middle of the Poconos, a yep. deeply forested area, kind of reminiscent of of that place in Deposit in Hancock, New York, of like Islamburg, kind of like that. It's uh, it, 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 it's all uh, uh, surrounded with a fence. It's uh, all these people and the. the Inside this compound, this settlement, are, are from Turkey, and uh, they're all they're all the followers of Fatullah Gulen, and it's the same thing that you found in uh, in New York State: gunfire, explosions, firing ranges, the whole nine yards, everything going on there. Uh, Gulen setting up schools throughout the country. 
uh, Gulen at his hearing, I found out I got the, the court the court transcripts for when uh, when he applied for permanent residency. Uh, uh, the FBI objected for some reason, to, and but the CIA uh, spoke in favor of him. But in his bank account, the Gulen now, now he's a Muslim with a third grade education who owns the major newspapers, the uh, major uh, television outlets, the major corporations in Turkey. His assets, personal assets, are $50 billion. And he's right, he's been called the most dangerous Muslim in the world. And he's right here in in Pennsylvania, protected by the CIA. The CIA, uh, Graham Fuller and company, spoke about what a wonderful educator he is. Doug, this guy doesn't speak a word of English. He uh, has a third grade education. it, 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 but he has set up schools, all funded by U.S. taxpayers, charter schools throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has, you know, he has tried to overturn the, the Turkish government uh, numerous times. His, you know, his movement is throughout the world. Well, and, was he uh, responsible for that latest coup? Was he now? When you now, or correct me if I'm wrong. When you when you talk about Gulen, you're talking about the CIA, right? Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. You okay. are. Okay. Now, was he responsible, uh, Paul, uh, for the latest coup attempt, uh, in quotation marks, in Turkey? Well, you see, what you're dealing with there is you're dealing with, uh, you're dealing with such black forces. You're dealing with Erdogan, who is, uh, of course, uh, I mean, a shady character himself, and Gulen, who's sponsored by the CIA. And, uh, I think in between there, I think that, that, that right now the CIA is playing one against the other. But what Gulen did, is throughout Central Asia, you know, all these state countries like Turkestan, Turkmenistan, uh, Kazakhstan, they're all, they're all emerging as the richest countries in the world. They, especially the ones that are around the Caspian Sea because of the, the vast oil and natural gas and uranium and gold deposits there. And, uh, what we, what the CIA wants to do is, is gain control of these deposits. You know, Russia borders the Caspian Sea, too, and, of course, they want that. And what we're trying to do is uh, unify all of Central Asia under Gulen, under radical Islam, with the belief that that the CIA can control radical Islam for, you know, for uh, the international bankers and the big business people. But that's what's going on right there. And, 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 And Gulen, of course, was instrumental because all of his schools were set up throughout, thousands of them, throughout Central Asia. All funded by, and every and every one of these schools was a CIA agent, all trying to bring about this new Islamic world order throughout Central Asia, and uh, once again, all and and look at they like the, some of the people involved there were uh, 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 were uh, right from Al Qaeda, including Zawahiri. Right. So right. you know, it's a yeah, it's a it, it, it but it's all created, it, it perpetuated. By us, and I heard what we were saying right before. But you're you're right. I'm uh, you know we're, we're just so fortunate that uh, Hillary's not in office. Well, well, we are. Um, yeah, but I, you know, this this runs so deep. The, the deep state, obviously, hence the name. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. How are uh, you going to root it out, Doug? How in the world well, are you going to root it out? You know, in a way, I think, Paul, it's going to be a numbers game. All of us, I mean, we need everyone in the game. We need people to show up and play their positions, whatever those might be. But, um, you know, well, it's count, me on, count me in. Anything you want me to do, I'll count me in. 
Well, and and thank you for that. Um, I just, you know, this kind of, uh, and I want to thank John Robertson for, uh, you know, having you come on today for just a, just this one segment. But we're gonna have you back um, here with 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 about six minutes to go before the top of the hour before we have to cut you loose, Paul. Um, what are you focusing on? Number one, number uh, at this point, number two. Um, if people can only buy one one of your books right today, let's, I'm going to toss this out to you. Gladio, Gladio okay. because I think what Gladio, I, Doug, I think before then I didn't see, I didn't know the deep state, I didn't know that it was all orchestrated. Okay, and I, okay. I you know, I, I mean, what happened was it's really due to you. If I hadn't been looking into Islamberg. If I didn't meet Doug Hagman, and if I wasn't looking into Jelani and and the Muslims of the Americas, I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have no. seen it. Thank you. No, it's the and, truth. And, and you, you've I taught mean, me a lot skills, too. When, when, it, when it happens to you, when I, when I really was aware of, I mean, my faith was shattered. I went down to uh, Tampa, Florida, and I, I mean, the guy, guy that saved me was a guy, a preacher by the name of Rodney Howard Brown, because I was like lost. I was devastated. Mm. I mean, I, you know, after all of the wars, and then just finding out that that, that the enemy is, is us, like Pogo said. Yes, you know, that, 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 it was, it's devastating. Man, it, yeah. It, well, oper- I have to say, Operation Gladio is uh, is a fine work from you. Um, I would urge everyone to that. That really will open a lot of people's eyes, especially if you're new. You, you've heard the term deep state. Maybe you're not really a hundred percent familiar with it and uh, how the CIA fits into this, as well as the Vatican. That yes, book, um, yeah, yeah, yes, you, absolutely. Vatican is, is you know, the, the, the money that the, the CIA going back to 1947, Doug. We'll have to talk some other time. I, and and I, we'll talk for hours. But 1947, when the when the CIA was formed, there was absolutely not one dime allocated for black ops, and right. that money going way back then came from the drug trade. We, we, the CIA was involved in the heroin trade going all the way back to, to, to 1947. And the, the, the way that they, the Vatican Bank was the laundry. Isn't that something? And people will hear that, and this is not an indictment on Catholics. This is, an, this no, is a, a, this is, a finger this is Vatican, Vatican Inc. This is not, yeah. you know, Roman yeah. Catholicism. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Paul, I just want to say thank you so much for, for, you know, uh, you, you're one of these guys where you're consistent, you're always on the money, you're tenacious, you're persistent, consistent, and, and I really love you for it. I really do. I, I love you that, too. And Doug, yeah. I realize that I don't say these things. I've never said anything like I complimented anyone the way I've complimented you, but I'm not, and, and I haven't, com- let, let, let me close by saying this. I haven't complimented you enough. Well, God bless you, my friend. Hey, what a boost, what a shot in the arm that is, I'll tell you. Very much needed. And yeah, we're going to have you back on because I think what, what, what you went through in, in, with, in Canada with the lawsuit oh, against you, that, that to me. That um, is an ordeal in itself, yeah. That, 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 and, and that, uh, and I got to tell you, that's the kind of stuff that could break lesser people. And, uh, you handle that terrifically. And of course, exposing everything else. Uh, I'm going to be writing some articles here recently, some, or in the near future, uh, some reports. And, uh, it's going to be about your efforts as well. Dr. Williams, ah, I'm going to say thank hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. All right, brother. You're my man. We'll talk, we'll talk soon, man.
We'll talk soon. Okay. Take right. care, Doug. Good talking to you. Right. Bye-bye. God bless. Folks, Dr. Paul Williams is, is uh, I'm going to tell you. It's interesting. You, you know, you weren't with, you weren't with me. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, it was in 2005. It was, uh, Judy McLeod from Canada Free Press, the founding editor of Canada Free Press, Dr. Paul Williams, uh, another person from the Northeast Intelligence Network, myself, and we were all at this meeting. And I still, folks, I still have the notebook that contains the original notes from that meeting. And he's not lying. That's right. And I'll tell you something. Okay. Um, what Dr. Williams did after that meeting, um, wow, it resulted in the identification of a, a plot that involved nuclear material. That's all I'm going to say. Because I don't even know if that's unclassified, declassified. I don't know. <sighs> Man. This this has been a stressful day. I'm going to tell everyone, uh, and, and it's it's, but but it's pedal to the metal time, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone needs to be involved. If you're a conservative, we need to get involved. You're a Christian, conservative Christian. You need to be on the right side of history right now. We need to be fighting this fight, exposing these pedogate, pedophile idiots, these perverse people, and exposing these Muslim infiltrators. Supporting people like Angela, supporting people like Dr. Paul Williams, sticking together and fighting together. They're not going to shut us down and they're not going to shut us out. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at with Sergeant, or with, uh, Sean from, uh, SG, SGT report. The Green Innovative. Well, what Green Innovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, you need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable, it's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces, it's durable, it's EMP proof, and it's environmentally friendly, yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, 6 AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greeninnovative.com. That's greeninnovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks, Pro Flowers, and Casper Mattress, some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link and go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's, I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For investors, 
Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Let me tell you something. We are so blessed uh, uh, to have you, the audience, as listeners. We know Donald Trump's going to be on at 9 o'clock. We understand that. All right. So, um, but, but, you know, well, that that aside, uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. These are issues we're talking about, uh, we've been talking about, that are extremely critical to our way of life to our constitutional republic to our to our um but even more important than that uh to, to for the sake of our children and one of the people that i've got a lot of respect for is sean from the sgt report folks if you go to our our video page on our youtube channel and i ask once again i ask and, and you've come through but let me ask again i ask for everyone to subscribe to our youtube channel um even if you never go there, just subscribe because it, it does keep us, uh, it provides a level of insulation for us. Uh, but we do hope you go there. But on the interview from yesterday we did with Angela, Pizzagate Angela, as she referred to herself on, on Twitter, now banned, within that, um, within the description of that 30 minute video we did with her yesterday is a link to Sean uh, to his uh, Sean SGD report interview about this very topic. It's one of the most, to me, one of the most insightful and informational interviews that, uh, that I've, I've heard in a long time. And the, to me, the guy that really gets, you know, carries the water on this topic is Sean from the SGT report. And we're so happy to have him back. And I just, again, folks, go to his website, follow what he does, listen to and, and, and watch his videos. This guy knows his stuff. Sean, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Doug and Joe, thank you so much for having me back. And uh, those are that adulation is really not necessary. All I'm doing is sharing some of the wonderful research that has been done by so many other citizen journalists. In the case of Pizzagate and Pedagate, so many of them go nameless, as you know, Doug. Others have names. Some of them I will mention uh, during this presentation that I prepared for you guys tonight. I have a number of sound bites. I want to set, set the historical record straight so that anybody that would demonize those of us who are researching Pizzagate will need to take a step back 
before uttering any slander or libel and putting it our way because all we are doing is reporting facts and presenting circumstantial evidence, which I know you, Doug, have said is the most difficult type of evidence to manufacture. It is. It is indeed because, well, yeah, for obvious reasons. You can manufacture physical evidence. People do it all the time. Uh, but but circumstantial evidence is most difficult. You go ahead, start. I guess fire at will because you you got the floor. All right. Well, I just want to say, uh, Joe, uh, so glad to be back on with you as well. I think you're both just doing such a service to humanity. So thank you. Thanks for having Pizzagate Angela on. She's become a fast friend. Uh, and I was listening to the interview prior to me coming on here with Paul Williams. And what a fantastic interview. Uh, and I hope you have Paul back again soon because I didn't know what he said, uh, which was before he wrote the book Gladio, Operation Gladio, he didn't know about the deep state. And when he found out about how he's been sold out, we've all been sold out by these intelligence agencies, his faith was shattered. He was devastated. And I think that's how all of us who are awakening to this stuff are feeling. I mean, right now, you guys, we're being treated like a woman in an abusive relationship with a cheating, misogynistic pig of a husband. And it's almost as though if that woman found evidence on her husband's cell phone that he was cheating on her because he left it open and texts with his mistress were coming through and she brought it to his attention he would beat the crap out of her and then take her before a judge and have her put in the loony bin for being for having gotten that evidence uh without his permission i mean that's really what we're up against here because all of the evidence we're going to present here tonight is smoking gun evidence of what is being called Pizzagate, which is the DC-centric pedophile child trafficking ring, and Pedogate is the global child trafficking ring. So I just want to set the stage with a sound clip from Hunter S. Thompson, who appeared on the David Letterman show in 1987 or 8, we're not clear which, I believe it was late 87. And Hunter Thompson has uh, alleged, he's been alleged to have been involved in the direction of snuff films. I'd like to play the soundbite for you guys. You ready? Fire will. Here it comes. You ever hike up into the mountain? Oh, yeah, I do that for, I, I, I like to kill. <laughs> and when you say kill, you're talking about what, neighbors? What? Uh... <laughs> we don't want to talk about shooting people, do we? No, but you're, you're teasing thing? when you say you like to kill, right? Uh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not teasing. I, I used to like to kill. When I realized that I was, uh, hunting, uh, in order to hunting? kill. You like hunting? I quit. Well, I did. I, yeah. I quit. Yeah. But I, I know that when you but take... I, I quit because I uh, realized I was not hunting for meat. So I was hunting because I like to kill. Yeah. Have you talked to anyone about this stuff, uh... Were you guys able to hear that okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good old Hunter so, Thompson. Yeah, so Hunter S. Thompson, the gonzo journalist uh, on David Letterman, and uh, Letterman says, you're teasing, right, that you like to kill people. Because, I mean, he literally says in this clip, we don't want to talk about hunting people on national TV, do we? Uh, Letterman says, you're teasing, right? And he says, yeah, no, I'm not teasing. I used to like to kill, and now I don't do that anymore. So circumstantial evidence, a very crazy soundbite, but uh, Hunter S. Thompson himself has been implicated by Paul Bonacci, one of the children from the Franklin cover-up, one of 80 children, two of whom went to prison uh, for telling the truth, whereas the other 78 were forced by the FBI to recant their testimony 
or face up to 500 years in prison for perjury. Here's Ted, 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 sorry, Ted Gunderson explaining that in his own words. And what happened when all of this came to light? The FBI stepped in and cross-examined every one of the children and told them if they did not recant their testimony, they would be liable to as much as 530 years in prison for perjury. They were grilled for hour on hour. The ones who didn't recant ended up either dead or in jail. All right, so now my next clip, if you want me to play it, is testimony from Paul Bonacci himself once he was incarcerated, in which he yes. explains... Okay, I'll play this for you, because I think it's very important, given what we just heard Hunter S. Thompson say. Now, before I play this soundbite, I want the audience to understand that Paul Bonacci himself testified that when he was being transported to some place in the woods, it sounds a lot like Bohemian Grove to me, uh, they stopped in Las Vegas, and they picked up a man who he says was named Hunter Thompson. He said Hunter Thompson was the man who ran the camera during snuff films. Let me play this clip for you. What they had us do is they had their camera so they, they let him off so he could run. They had us chase him down. They told us to chase him down. We to chase him down. We supposed to drag him back. We both figured he was Can you guys hear that okay? I know that's not very good audio. Should I just translate? Yeah, yeah. go ahead and translate. It's a little rough. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really people, is. People can't find it on YouTube, it, I believe. It, it has subtitles on it, and basically he's describing how he and another boy were forced to chase a third boy, a smaller boy, drag him back, and then he witnessed that boy being murdered. So I, I just I think it needs to be said that between the Franklin cover-up uh, Jimmy Savile and his crimes in the UK that have been covered up for decades, and more recently now, Sir Edward Heath, uh, who has been accused by now adult victims uh, of being involved in a, a satanic ritual child sacrifice ring in which as many as 16 children were murdered, uh, and Heath died in 2005. I think in light of these historical facts, it needs to be said that Pizzagate is just a DC-centric story of pedophilia and potentially child trafficking and child sacrifice. So uh, now I just want to play this clip from John Podesta, who very recently has said that eh, there's nothing here. You know, it's all fake news. It's all been debunked. I'm sure you guys have heard this clip, haven't, haven't yes, you? Yes, we have. Yeah. Okay. Is this from the latest interview from about a week ago? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. And I just want to draw one thing to your attention as you listen to this. You'll notice, of course, and, and I was listening earlier, so I know Pizza, uh, Pizzagate Angela mentioned this. Never during this opportunity to set the record straight does John Podesta say, I would never, ever hurt a child, and I am going to go after all of these people that have been libeling and slandering me, spreading these falsehoods, because it's absolutely untrue, 100% untrue. He doesn't say that. He says it's been debunked by the mainstream media. Here's the clip. I just want to talk about, just tell us about that. 
when fake news became part of your life in the course of the campaign, when you started noticing it and what you did about it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's subterranean. Uh, in large part, you know, it shows up in the Facebook news feed, but you don't see it because it's not, if, if anything, it's being debunked in the mainstream media. So in those sources of news, uh, it's, you, you, you don't touch and feel it as much as maybe you'd imagine. But it's sinister. And it's and it's it's a you know it's a a, a kind of vile stream that's running under the ground. I'll pause it there before I continue because I'd really like to have a conversation with you guys about your thoughts on that because I agree with him. I think there's a vile stream running under the ground that involves mm -hmm. child trafficking. Okay, so it's a very interesting choice of words. And never once does he really profess his innocence. He just says that the mainstream mockingbird media has debunked it. Well, I can say this, okay, in my experience with criminal investigators where I was part to, uh, part of interviews, um, and this is especially true when children are involved or abuse or domestic situations, um, the, the response by the suspect is always, I shouldn't say always, um, there's this level of outrage. Uh, how could anyone possibly ever accuse me of that? I would never do such a thing. Uh, the the level of of um, uh, the attempts to to clear one's name of any accusation of child abuse or abuse in general is usually first and foremost. I mean, there's so, so this even in the best of circumstances, given the fact that this is a public venue in this interview. His non-denial denial, in my view, my professional view as an investigator, and this is only my opinion now, folks, but I find it suspect because I would be more outraged. You know, how in the world can anyone accuse me of that when I would never do that? I've got children, I've got nieces, nephews, whatever. Yeah, he's not, I mean... It's non-existent. He's not being accused of, of helping sell, you know, the Hillary Clinton pay-for-play scandals or Benghazi... I mean, this is something totally different, and for him to to give the bogus excuse and saying, "Well, it's been debunked by the mainstream news as, as fake," and it's now, just ridiculous. Right. And to call it sinister, to buy, yeah, I buy, mean, my goodness. But I will say this: there is there is also a line that people cross when they protest too much. That that's also a red flag. So, but in this case, it's totally absent and sanitized. Perhaps mm -hmm. is the word. Good catch, by the way. Well, and I'm sure that you guys have discussed this with a million other guests, right? And, you know, one of the things that is suspect, and Doug, I just wonder what it would take to uh, launch an investigation. How much evidence is necessary uh, before something is done? And uh, as an investigator, maybe you can help me understand what it would take. Uh, but his taste in artwork and his brother Tony's taste in artwork is peculiar, to say the least, and very suspect, in my opinion. Um, very distasteful, I think, at the very least. And um, I, I think that that also speaks to character. I don't know that it speaks to much more than that, but uh, and I don't think it's enough to launch an investigation. But what do you think it would take to launch an investigation, a real investigation? And we're going to talk about Comet Ping Pong here in a second, but what would it take to get a real investigation launched, be it against Podesta, Elephantis, or, I don't know, anybody that's involved okay. in this? Uh, my first, okay, if, speaking from an investigative position, where are the victims? Mm -hmm. 
that, that that's my question number one. Now, uh, okay, if they are children, minors, of course, as, as we do suspect, in, in regardless of who the uh, suspected perpetrator or per- perpetrators are, you have to ask yourself where are the victims, and if they're minors, where are their parents, and then you have to look at potential complicity as we as we look at this by the parents as as horrible as that would even begin to think so what would it take to to launch an investigation a complaint by a victim or the guardian or parent of a victim obviously number one number two a receptive police force or investigative agency would be the second most important thing Mm -hmm. Um, now having said that and since you brought it up uh, bad taste in artwork doesn't quite cut it. However, it does go to a, con- uh, a a course of activity that is consistent with, at least in my personal opinion now, um, uh, a behavioral or a predilection toward, um, well, you know, the perverse, in my view. When you tie the artwork to specifically the the coded language in the emails, the and then the the spirit cooking, the, the artwork and the spirit cooking, and, and uh, I mean those two. If you just look into spirit cooking, it to me it explains the artwork. You know the cannibalistic um, nature, and and then you look at the emails, the code words, the symbols, and and all the evidence that's there. It all does tie each piece together um, when when you stand back and take a look at it, and yeah. it, it's shocking. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Joe. It's that Marina Abramovic artwork in the spirit cooking uh, that really woke up a lot of the researchers originally in the emails. And then as they dug deeper, they discovered what's being called this pedophilic code that's peppered throughout so many of these emails. And uh, I think, you know, Paul Williams really hit it right when he said his faith was shattered. You know, it's devastating to find out that there's a deep state network, uh, a, a network so powerful that it remains long after our elected officials come and go. And yes. that is what President Trump is really facing. That's what all presidents are facing, the ones that aren't maybe bought and paid for right from the start, like I believe Obama was. So I, I think the problem here is, and you, you mentioned, uh, Doug, where are the victims? Well, again, in the case of on-the-record victims, right, with the 80 kids from the Franklin cover-up, 78 were told to recant, some of them ended up murdered, two of them went to prison. Uh, In the case of Laura Silsby, now known as Laura Silsby Gaylor, working for uh, AlertSense, when she was trafficking 33 children out of Haiti and she got caught, we have those victims, we have those parents, and she only did six months in the clink. How do you try, uh, explain that to me, how does one traffic children and get caught at the border and only do six months in jail? Well, the answer is the Clinton Foundation rides to the rescue. And here's the other thing. Can you please explain to me what kind of human resources department they have over at AlertSense? Because I would think it would be really hard to get a job at your local Walmart or Target store as a cashier if you had on your record convicted child trafficker. But she is working as a, what, senior director of marketing, I believe, over at AlertSense? How does that work? Well, that speaks to the the connections. uh, That speaks to the, uh, in my mind, continued criminal um, conspiracy and crime surrounding that. uh, Because she's, again, given a position of access, working in a field that deals with children with a, uh, a record of being a child 
trafficker, which doesn't make any sense. As you said, you would have a hard time getting a job as a cashier at McDonald's with a record like that. Right. And, and, and Sean, you pointed this out as well, okay, the Clinton Foundation. With respect to Haiti, uh, given the time, the time frame, I, perhaps, and I'm not, I don't know this for a fact, but, uh, if this would have happened, we'll say, uh, with another country other than Haiti. Think of Canada, perhaps, or, or some other, uh, country other than Haiti, or that, that kind of country. The results might have been different. But you had Hillary as Secretary of State, and even before her position, she was heavily involved in, uh, overseeing that operation and being real, real cozy with Laura Silsby. You had the Clinton Foundation throwing money everywhere and grabbing money everywhere. Uh, so all of this together is, is just, is, is very well and meticulously planned, I believe. Um, but, but, and I just wanted to go back with, and address the victims. Uh, folks, you know, I know this and I've got a, a page of emails already about this. Well, the victims are either dead or they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, no one's listening to them or they're. Well, they're voiceless. Exactly. Especially the folks, ones. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, we know that, but I, I guess the, the question, just to speak to your question, and that's what would it take? It would take a complainant, uh, in this case, the, the, the however, uh, moving along with that. So, so yeah, continue, sir, because this is, this is really the meat of it, and, uh, yeah. Well, it is, because it's really easy to, you know, lose the forest for the trees and get into all of the minutiae of details. I mean, this is literally a hornet's nest. If you dig in, you know, dig in a little bit, you're going to find a lot more than you expected. And that's what all these wonderful researchers are doing. Uh, many of them, like I said before, nameless. One of them, Titus Frost, has done an exceptional piece of work, and I want to share that with you in a second. But I just want to say this, as it pertains to Podesta's interview, in which he said, it's all been debunked. When the mainstream media hasn't addressed any of these issues, not a single issue that Pizzagate Angela brought up, that I brought up last time I was on, none of them are ever, none of the issues are ever, ever addressed. It's a little bit like Building 7 on 9-11. You know, look everywhere but there. Um, okay, so what did we know about John Podesta prior to Pizzagate, the term, becoming a household name in our circles? Well, Andrew Breitbart, as I covered last time, tweeted out, in February of 2011, how Prague guru John Podesta isn't a household name as world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable dregs escapes me. Okay, well, what does that mean? Andrew Breitbart was a very smart guy. How come he didn't explain that further? Well, he didn't get the chance. He was dead less than a year later. So, again, where there's smoke, there's fire. What did Andrew Breitbart know? And in fact, why was Andrew Breitbart so angry with John Podesta? I'll play this clip. I'm interested in this ongoing, whatever the hell they're doing. What's in your closet, John Podesta? So there was something at play between John Podesta, the Clinton administration, and Andrew Breitbart. And as you guys know, I think Andrew Breitbart had a lot more to say and was getting ready to say it when he conveniently died of what we're told is a heart attack, and then his coroner died of arsenic poisoning. Where there's smoke, yeah. there's fire. Yeah, and also, um, you know, if you look at the Clinton body count, uh, folks who might not be familiar with that, the number of people who are associated with Clinton and Clinton-related uh, politics in, in Washington and other things surrounding the Clinton family, how many 
people have ended up dead. And there was just a story today, though it's, it's been floating around for the last uh, few days, and I'm looking at my history right now. There was a um, associate of the Clinton, the Clintons. He was a, a Chinese man who made a video that his friend named Jean Jean Yihong, uh, yeah. Wong. Uh, yeah, Johnny Wong, H-U-A-N-G. And he made this video that his friend entitled Insurance Policy just for the, the fact that he was afraid he was going to be assassinated by the Clintons for funneling money from China to the Clintons' um, election campaign, to Bill Clinton's last election campaign. And so, I mean, there were there are a lot of people, um, and folks know uh, Vince Foster and, and so many of the other uh, Clinton-related deaths, and some of those are even talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and Sean, I, I want to mention this, uh, and I don't know how far you've gone with with, any, with with this, but the more I look at the the Foster situation, um, given his morality and, and his his uh, integrity, at least that's what many of his friends had said. The man of integrity, um, he was troubled, and I do believe he found something more than financial irregularities. Or travel office problems. I think that there was something else there that has come up two or three different times in my in my research of this topic. Just I'm just throwing that out there. No, I 100% agree. And anybody who's done any research on that uh, will come to the conclusion, as I think it, or initially, at least some of the private investigators have come to the conclusion that that body was moved. That body didn't die where it was found. Um, I think that you're absolutely right. There are a lot of unanswered questions about what really happened to Vince Foster. But, uh, you know, uh, Joe, you made a great point uh, about insurance policies because it, it drew to mind what I think uh, may have been labeled as such by Anthony Weiner when all of these emails were found on his computer. And it was, I think, the head of the New York uh, Police Department came out and said, there's evidence of all sorts of child trafficking and terrible things here. And... We haven't heard nary an additional word about that. And it really calls to mind what's going on here. Why are these things being covered up? What was on Anthony Weiner's email? Um, of course, being the husband to um, Huma Abedin, uh, Hillary Clinton's right-hand gal. So <laughs> there's just so many ways for the truth to spill out if we could just, Mr. President, have a return to rule of law. And so I want to just stay on this track for a bit longer, if I may, about Podesta, John Podesta. What was known about John Podesta prior to even Andrew Breitbart saying what he said? What was known about John Podesta and his brother Tony prior to Pizzagate becoming a household name? Well, this is an interesting piece of evidence and research, I should say, from Smoke Mirrors on Vote. And... Are you guys familiar? You, you recall that EFIT of John and Tony Podesta, which was released, I believe, in 2012, uh, of two suspects in the yeah. disappearance of Madeleine McCain that very, very, very closely resemble John and Tony Podesta? Yeah. Uh, Sean, let me, let me stop you right there. We're at the bottom of the hour break. But I, I want to pick up exactly where, exactly here, because I have a question that I, want, I need to ask you about that. Perfect. That I have not been able to verify. We're speaking with Sean from SGT Report. If you're not following him, uh, and, and if you're not watching his YouTubes, you're missing out on a lot. Uh, he's an intrepid investigator. Sean from the SGT Report. We're going to be right back, folks. Give us three minutes. See you on the other side. Stay with us.
visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow. It's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Trading Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Hagman and Hagman Report, HagmanReport.com. That's our website, HagmanandHagman.com. We are going to resurrect uh, HomeOnSecurityUS.com specifically for research uh, aggregation results on this topic, as well as others, including the uh, Muslim infiltration in the United States. Um, We're also working on a couple of other initiatives as well, including the Christian Marketplace. Folks, uh, those who have signed up, who signed up for that uh, early on, uh, that we dropped the ball on, I guarantee you, you're going to be really happy, and uh, we're going to be uh, resurging or you know rebooting re- uh, that here in the next couple of days. Our guest is Sean from SGT Report. Before we get back to Sean, I just want to thank our friends at um, 
are, are very, very good friends at Trading Posts in the Woods, tradingpostsinthewoods.com. You know, they've got all sorts of pro, uh, products, homeopathy. I always have a hard time saying that word. They have an American Heritage Remedies Kit. It's a deluxe package made especially for the Hagman Report. It contains, I just used some um, some of their tinctures out of this Remedies Kit today. These work. Let me just tell you. Trading Post in the Woods is an American-owned and operated company. Run. It's a, a store run by a, a crisis team of first responders. They know what they're talking about. They put together some amazing, absolutely amazing products. They are the place to go. If you recall when there were no pharmacies, um, just trading posts. Well, that's this. That is this. And they are good. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. That's tradingpostinthewoods.com. I want to thank them so much. Sean from the SGT report we left off with, uh, John Podesta before he was known as to, to the world as Skippy, I guess, or at least no us, uh, his background. Uh, far away, where we left right. off. Right, Skippy, uh, I guess his his evil twin's uh, name uh, by his own account, I, I don't know. I, I think that's bizarre. I don't have an alternate personality with a nickname. Uh, but boy. So my question before the break was, do you guys recall the e-fit of the two suspects that look like the Podesta brothers? Uh, I sent over, uh, John, uh, your producer, a couple of those e-fits. I don't know if you're able to put those on screen, but uh, for those that are watching live, um, these were sketches that were released in 2013. Now, Maddie, McCa- Maddie McCann disappeared from Portugal in May of 2007. So it is extremely unusual that so many years later these sketches would be released. And even more unusual that these sketches would be the spitting image of John and Tony, Tony Podesta. I mean, not, not even just close, but I mean exact. If you asked an artist yes. to sketch these guys, that's what it would look like. Um, yeah, okay. now, Sean, can you verify the authenticity? I mean, did those sketches indeed come from the investigative body? Of Madeline McCann, uh, the, the, that's, the Madeline McCann. That's what I wanted to share because I did an interview with my friend researcher Oli Damagard, and Oli Damagard remembered well and had researched a lot of the Maddie McCain stuff when she went missing, and he said that that sketch makes no sense. He had never seen it before, and we just did this interview a few months back. He said that sketch makes no sense because they were only looking for one suspect, and I said I know, and that's what makes the sketch so powerful because. If they're only looking for one suspect, why does it look like two different people who happen to look exactly like these brothers? And so the research that I wanted to share before we went to break from Vote is from Smoke Mirrors. And the name of this uh, article, if you want to uh, Google it on Vote, vote vote.co, is Link Between the Podesta Group and Madeline McCann via Washington, D.C.-based ex-spy detective Kevin Halligan. Now, I'd let... I'd let listeners go and read this themselves. I won't read the whole thing, but I just want to share this. Many believe the two efits released in the search for Madeline McCann's abductors bear more than a passing resemblance to John and Tony Podesta. The two efits were commissioned in 2008, but not released until 2013 by a fraudulent Irish ex-MI5 sorry, MI5 GCHQ detective, Kevin Halligan. Now, it says here that his antics are worthy of a whole other separate thread, but his company, Oakley International, was hired by the McCanns to look into the case of missing Madeline. His associate, another MI5 spy, Henry Exton, produced the actual e-fits. All right. 
it goes on to basically draw a connection uh, between Oakley International, which was based out of, uh, I'll give you the address, 2550 uh, Main Street, I believe, Northwest Washington, D.C. This address is also the office of Patton Blogs, Washington's most politically connected law firm and lobbyist organization. Uh, it goes on basically to ask this question. Why did Kevin Halligan commission the EFITS in 2008? Goes on to ask, what dirt do Kevin Halligan and Patton Boggs have on the Podesta Group and or the whereabouts of the Podesta Brothers in May 2007? Now, guys, you'll remember the last time I was on your show, I mentioned the fact that the WikiLeaks emails, the Podesta emails, there's a whole, an entire month around the time that uh, Maddie went to sub- disappeared in, in Portugal. There's just no emails around that time. And many have come to believe that the Podesta brothers were staying in Portugal at Clement Freud's villa, Clement Freud, a known pedophile who is now dead. Now, Clement Freud befriended the McCanns, which I think is very weird because at the time, well, we don't know for sure if they knew. Maybe, maybe they were in on this whole thing. I don't know. But he befriended them. While they were going through post all of this. post abduction, I believe, right? Post subsequent to yep, yeah, invited them over for lunch and you know befriended them. So there's this very real question about where were John and Tony Podesta during this period? Were they in Portugal? I'm not saying they were involved in the disappearance of that little girl, but I would love to know if they were in the area when she when she vanished. Did they have anything to do with it? These efits would suggest maybe they did. So this article just goes on to basically leave the reader with a couple of uh, conclusions. Either the people that commissioned those efits were blackmailing the Podestas, or they just know what's really going on and uh in 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 the podestas were involved i mean that's sort of my interpretation um because i would think that the person who commissioned these efets who apparently were paid $500,000 by jerry and kate mccann uh as this article says to put their faith in a random washington dc based detective kevin halligan who mysterious mysteriously reached out to them telling telling them he could find their daughter was Halligan actually bribing Jerry and Kate? Or was he bribing the Podestas? Anyway, we've wondered what those efits were about for a very long time, and I thought that was a very important nugget that we found on vote. Extremely important. And I think, I mean, this is a key here. I, I You know, from the investigative, uh, my investigative viewpoint, you're looking at a very curious amount of time that elapsed between the, the time of, of, of abduction until the publication or release of those sketches. Right. And the people involved, as you, as you laid, very succinctly laid out there, the connections are troubling. And this troubles me. Any, anytime I, I, in my 30 years as an investigator, if somebody had come to me, and I've worked on unsolved homicides before, uh, with something like this, in, in that fashion, Man, I'd have more questions than, um, I mean, I'd be very, this whole thing is suspect. So, I, I do believe there is a secondary, um, element. I'll just leave it at that, a secondary element at play here. And I think you, you, you referenced a couple of possibilities there. It's gotta be one or both, uh, you know, or more. Yeah. And again, my point here, is to not say that anybody's guilty or innocent. My point is to say that regardless of Pizzagate, 
there were questions about John and Tony Podesta related to this type of activity before anybody had ever heard of Comet Ping Pong. And by the way, I think it's a little suspect that Jake Tapper over at CNN has a wife named Jennifer who was interviewed by Washingtonian a year before we ever heard of Pizzagate. And in that interview, she said their favorite family restaurant is Comet Ping Pong. And their favorite. I heard you mention that. Yeah. Their favorite. I heard you that- mention that in, in, in your. By the way, in your folks uh, in the link. I just want to remind people again. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I. I just want to make sure people. Uh, or just go to SGT Report. Uh, their their YouTube. You've got to watch, and uh, spread, on social networking, uh, or if you can, um, your last, uh, PizzaGate, with Angela. You you reference exactly this. I, I am so sorry to interrupt, but I. People well, not at all. No, I appreciate, word, man. Thank you for saying that. And I would just say, um, they said that their favorite date night restaurant was Bucks, which is in in that same block, the same vicinity, and has been named as a place potentially worthy of investigation. Uh, you know, because of the John Podesta WikiLeaks emails in this whole investigation, which is now sort of known as PizzaGate. So, again, so now I've sort of mentioned Comet Ping Pong by way of that article and Jennifer Tapper. By the way, Jake Tapper's completely mowed over this whole thing. He's gone out of his way to try to malign Pizzagate. There's certainly not going to be any investigation from CNN. So, uh, but I do find it fascinating, you know, in a city as vibrant and with so many world-class restaurants as Washington, D.C., that those would have been the two restaurants she named. Um, okay, so here's a piece of research that I wanted to share with you guys from Titus Frost. Uh, he's on YouTube. You can find him there as Titus Frost. And this is a bit of research that he'd been sitting on for a while. And apparently he and some hackers had been working with the Washington, D.C. police. And more than a month and a half later, there had been no results. So he finally went public. So if you don't mind, let me just play this clip for you. It's not that long. Uh, How much time do we have left? We got... um about 15 minutes at least uh, to go. In this segment. is just a couple of minutes, and I think it's very important uh, because <laughs> then we'll we'll, re- we'll remind of everybody of, of why this evidence, if it existed, just miraculously went away. Uh, here's Titus, Titus Frost. I covered how Comet Ping Pong and how Bucks Fishing and Camping both had these protected sections set up on their websites, and we found that to be extraordinarily weird and interesting and I had passed this website around to a bunch of hackers to see if they could get into the website and see what was inside of there. So you can see here from inside their website, you have the different files with different download keys needed. Now, the hacker was able to get those download keys and was able to access these files and found that these files contained what's known as cheese pizza, a.k.a. child porn. Thus, this is the smoking gun evidence I have been alluding to for a very long time. This is the bombshell information I've been sitting on since December that I've been waiting because the police asked us not to release this information because they were investigating leads of the people that were spreading this information, this data around. However, it's been too long now for that to still be the case. There should have been arrests made by now, which is why I'm releasing this information now. So here's the thing. The hacker accessed the Comet Ping Pong website illegally via hacking and submitted that information to the police, which I'll show you the emails for in a second, to and from the police. However, the police were not able to use that data because it was obtained illegally, so you're not allowed to use that as evidence. However... 
when Edgar Madison Welch walked into Comet Ping Pong and shot off a single shot, supposedly that single shot went through the wall, not into the floor, went through the wall and into Comet's office and struck a computer hard drive. All right. So, if that's true, and I'm going to play a clip for you right now that proves it is true, that is the official story that the magic operative, Edgar Walsh, walked in and fired a shot which miraculously hit the hard drive of the Comet Ping Pong computer in James Alephantis' own words. Here it is. Alephantis says he wouldn't have found anything exciting. And here is our bags and coat closet. The bullet went into our computer system. After police arrived, Welch surrendered peacefully. All right. So, Mr. Hagman, I really must ask you, as a person with so many years of experience as an investigator, don't you find that more than just a little coincidental? I'd be going to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so uh, and, and honestly, I did not realize this. You're telling, okay, so, yeah, so. the first time I've heard about it. If I'm understanding this correctly, and, and maybe I just, uh, I don't know, maybe I zoned out, uh, b- before, but, so, so the shot that was re- reportedly fired inside Comet Pizza struck a hard drive, right? According to James saying. Alephantis, yes. The same James Man. Alephantis who went on Fox News and got a free pass from Megyn Kelly for about an 11 minute PR session in which not one difficult question, not one question of any type was asked of him about the weirdness yeah. that he's been involved yeah. with, including his Instagram uh, account. So, Man. yeah, in, in Alephantis' own words, see, it's a little bit like the JFK assassination, isn't it? I, I would really call that a magic bullet. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. All right. That just, okay, that does add another dimension, in my view, completely to this whole thing. I, for whatever reason, I, I again, I, no excuses, but I just didn't know that. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. And, and did they produce a hard drive? I mean, it was, so, so, I don't think they're being asked to produce anything, and that's the problem. And I'd like to know, and I should try to talk to Titus Frost about this, because I thought, if you listen to that entire video, I think he might have mentioned December 5th as having been a day they communicated with the Washington, D.C. police. But I'm not going to swear by that. Uh, because if it was prior to that, let's say it was a few days before that, recall that the operational false flag uh, gunman, Edgar Welch, that's that's my opinion of what he is. Uh, walked into Comet Ping Pong and fired that magic bullet on December fourth. So let's say that the hackers and Titus Frost and whoever made contact with the Washington D.C. Police Department and tried to turn this stuff over. Let's say that contact was made December second, December first. Maybe it was December fifth. I'm not sure. Regardless, that hard drive. By the way. I'm no computer expert, but I bet you files and data could still be gleaned from that hard drive, even if it was directly hit by a bullet, which I find absolutely astonishing to even believe for a second. Um, yeah, Roger, that. And, and, okay, well, with respect to the hard drive, and I don't know, um, I haven't followed the status of this reported shooter, but one of the things that it would be customary in a case like this is for the police 
in order to advance the, the, the trial through the DA's office would be to confiscate the hard drive or, or whatever, uh, wherever the bullet ended, the projectile ended, whatever it might be. In this case, a hard drive. They would have to uh, confiscate the bullet and or the hard drive as well. But but you're right. I mean, to, unless unless it it was one magic magic bullet. You know that's interesting be. that you'd say that. You make a great point. And so correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. What you're saying is because the hard drive. The claim here is by Elephantis is that that computer tower. They show it here in the video. You guys can't see it. I'll send you the clip if you'd like it. Uh, they show him, so he's giving a tour to the to camera crew, saying oh, if, if he had just come in and looked in our closet, you know, we don't even have a basement, so he wouldn't have found anything. And, but ironically, here's our computer, and it was hit by his bullet. Um, so they're showing this hard drive. So this, P, again, another PR moment for Aliphantus, giving the news crew this tour. To your point, that should have been taken by the police as evidence of Edgar Welch's crime, correct? Because it's still here in this clip, and Elephantis is showing the news crew. Oh, yeah. Now, now that's just the criminal uh, part of this. But the civil part of this, if Elephantis or the victim uh, claims property damage as a result of this magic bullet and says, look, uh, to his insurance carrier, look, I'm out of $3,500 computer or whatever it might be, the insurance company has the right to inspect the damage, and that would include if they are going to uh, once that's released from the uh, criminal uh, part of that uh, part of this. The insurance company has a right to inspect and to uh, secure possession of that damaged piece of equipment. Hmm. Well, I know so you guys. You'd never heard that clip before of Alephantis. So if you don't mind, even for myself, for the audience, let's play that one more time because I think let's it's it. very, very important. Because, again, this is going to go down as the Pizzagate magic bullet. Let's listen to this. Alephantis says he wouldn't have found anything exciting. And here is our bags and coat closet. The bullet went into our computer system. After police arrived, Welch surrendered peacefully. I I don't know I I don't know I mean I wasn't on the Warren Commission I didn't help cover up the you know the assassination of John F Kennedy but if I was on the Pizzagate Commission this is exactly the type of testimony that I would love to have to help paint the false narrative absolutely wow that that, that that's an amazing um, pr- uh, presentation that you just gave with respect to that whole aspect of this do we do we know Sean did, did this uh, alleged shooter did he plead as he pled out? Is he? Uh, what's his status? Do we know? You know, I ought to be able to give you an update on that. And to be honest with you, I'm really not following that particular individual because I don't think that that is a legitimate story. And I really don't want to go off on any tangent following him. Uh, many others have done the sure. work that have reve- revealed his, you know, participation in some movies, and supposedly he is or has been an actor. Um, I I just think that that was a an orchestrated event to help divert attention away from Comet Ping Pong as an establishment that ought to be investigated for potential crimes against children, and to instead paint a narrative that brought empathy and sympathy to James Elephantis and Comet Ping-Pong, and also to disparage all 
investigators that have been digging into this by way of this one lone nut who walked in there and did this one thing that none of us would ever dream of doing nor ask anyone to ever do. In fact, we would plead that no one ever do what he did, which to me really kind of speaks more to the convenience of the whole thing that this happened. How convenient. It gave them them the opportunity, mainstream media, to take that narrative and steer it into, you know, spin it on its head and to point it back that we're all the nut people. We're all the crazy people. Well, after all, fake news has real-life consequences, and here's Exhibit A. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you know, we've sort of we've come full circle. We haven't even come full circle. I'm just scratching the surface. But, you know, I do think it's fascinating that Hunter S. Thompson went on David Letterman in 87 or 88 before really anybody knew about it. Nobody knew about Jimmy Savile, really, in, in our country. Right. Certainly there were whistleblowers at the BBC that knew, like Johnny Rotten and others. And those people were paid a price for trying to speak up. Well, why is that? Well, because Jimmy Savile had been knighted by the Queen, and was such good friends with Prince Charles that Prince Charles wanted Jimmy Savile to be the godfather to his own sons. So none of us had heard of Jimmy Savile. None of us had heard of Sir Edward Heath, who is now being accused of having been involved in the murders of 16 children in a satanic ring. Mm -hmm. So here we sit talking about Pizzagate, And still, the mainstream media wants to malign us, just like the mainstream media, the BBC, maligned any of the victims that spoke out against Jimmy Savile while he was still alive. Sean, in the remaining minutes we've got left, we're getting pummeled. You know, Angela got uh, her Twitter account suspended. Others, um, the the shots are coming in fast and furious, pun intended. Uh, what what are you doing to protect yourself? If well, you I mean, without being specific, uh, how do we keep this alive? What's the best way to approach this? And I'm turning to you now for your expertise in this. You're the you're the guy uh, that knows more about social media and really in in this in this realm. So, what do we what do we, what do we need to do here at this point? Uh, in your view, well, look, now we're seeing the blatant, overt, angry face of Big Brother himself because in November of this past year, the CEO of Google came out and said, there is no place at Google for fake news. So he positioned himself and Google as being the arbiters of what is and is not fake news. And if anybody thought they were going to go to, you know, zero to 100 miles an hour in just a couple of months, I didn't. I thought it would be a slow trickle over time. But I'll tell you what. They closed down Natural News. They scrubbed 140,000 pages of Mike Adams' material, Natural News material, a lot of very truthful, well-researched, important material, running the gamut of GMOs and vaccines and the dangers of Fukushima radiation and so many other things, natural remedies, all gone because Big Brother said no room for fake news. So now we stand at the cusp of fascism. What George Orwell wrote about in 1984, that book should have been called 2017 because it is here and it is now. And what they've done to my friend Pizzagate Angela is really beyond the pale because she's just a mom. This is a citizen investigation. And if anybody doesn't think where there's smoke, there's fire, then you tell me why big bad Twitter would have to shut down a mom. Is she that far off the mark, or is she that over the target? That is the question that needs to be asked. And why should Google be allowed to do what they're doing? Do we live in a fascist society, 
where corporations run everything? More and more, it looks like the answer is yes. Because if Google is allowed to do what they've done to Natural News and Mike Adams, then none of us are safe, Doug. That's right. You are 100% accurate. And I'll tell you something. We we must all band together, Sean. I believe this more today than ever before. All of us, we must support one another. Those who are working actively, like yourself, to uncover this perversity that exists and to save the children. This is about the children victims. This is about not just exposing and getting justice for the people who are doing this, but but for saving the children. Uh, and I've seen law enforcement photographs of children in cages. And if you want something to break your heart, and to, and to piss you off at the same time. That's it. So, um, but we we need to stick together and uplift one another, assist one another. And I can guarantee you this, Sean. We are here for you. Our audience, I know, is here for you as well. And uh, whatever we can possibly do to advance your research, your investigation, and to to, to have your back, you've got our work. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Doug and Joe, you guys are great. And uh, you're trailblazers. Thanks for giving me the platform. Thanks for giving Pizzagate Angela the platform. She's a mom. She's a sweet Christian woman doing the work that MSNBC and CNN won't do. Remember that, Amen. folks. Let that be an inspiration to you. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, Sean, SGT Report. God bless you, my friend. Stay safe. And All right. uh, we'll be praying for you. Thank you. You too. God bless, guys. Thanks. When we come back, Stan Deo will be our guest, as he is each and every Tuesday night. Go to standeo.com, click on the Show Images page, and follow along with Stan's research and what he's going to be talking about tonight. So stay with us for our third and final hour with Stan Deo. I just want to say, this is war, folks. This is war. Yes, it is. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, danielholdings.com. That's danielholdings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to danielholdings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. 
capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, as we are joined with Stan by Stan Deo, as we are each and every Tuesday in our number three. Folks, go to standeo.com, and on the right-hand side, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a microphone next to um, show in where it says show images. You click on show images and pull that up, and you can follow along with uh, the research Dan has put together for this uh, particular episode. And he does this each time he comes on, so make sure you bookmark standeo.com. Stan, it's great to have you back on the show. Oh, I wondered where I was. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brother. Yeah. Well, how are you? Uh, Probably one of those days when I should have stayed in bed. But anyway, you know how everything kind of gets crowded at the beginning of the week, Mondays and Tuesdays. Yes, uh, I'm right there with you. You know, I've I've had, well, it's all right. Yeah, it's just one of those days. It's been one of it's Monday and Tuesday. It's just been kind of a weird uh, weird week, that's for sure. But uh, I'm glad you're with us. It, it's now it feels like Tuesday, so we can rock. Well, there you go. At least I'm serving some function, uh, marking Tuesday on everyone's calendar. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, we, we get a lot of good emails and stuff from folks that listen to the show. Oh, uh, actually, we we got a whole we we got with several emails, and I think you were copied on a couple of them earlier this week uh, with questions for you. I'm not sure if you were or not. Um, don't anyway, think so. But okay. Anyway, not to worry. All right. um, hey, listen. If, you know, have you guys looked at the uh, website? Uh, you know, our news website that Holly puts up today. Yes. Did you look at the video of the day? No, did not do that. Uh, Stan, I got to tell you, I don't know what it is, but for some, and every time you come on, you remind me of the photo of the day and the video of the day. 
But for some reason, when I'm looking at your site, I'm looking at the news, and I, and I just don't click that button. i got to get myself in the habit of doing that. Yeah, and my, well, you know apologies. so many people that come to the site, though, they do click on uh, the... Uh, you know, the, those little orange things over the side, which is the comic of the day and the video of the day and stuff. And, and uh, you know, more so there than they do on the rest of the news. So you're swimming against the tide there, I guess. I don't know. But well, um, there's one video, the, the, the video that... Uh, if I could stop you just for a second, though. I, I think I think you were in my family uh, photo album. Um, the photo of the day is actually my ex-wife's cousin never mind i'm just kidding no that's a great <laughs> people are going to yeah, say that. yeah no well look at the video of the day um, yeah. that holly has up there when you get a chance it's, right now it's too long to, to look at it's about an hour and 40 minutes long but we we uh, listen to it together and it's um it's a, a copy of the john b wills show and normally he puts it into a private uh, archive and, and his members only can listen to it but he put this out on youtube because it was so important now he he published it on the 21st of this month but it's called could the cia be sabotaging the trump cabinet episode number 692 with former cia uh, you know officer kevin ship s-h-i-p-p and uh stuff in there i mean it's he he, he this this um, former cia officer is a christian fellow and you can hear that uh, later on in the interview with him but uh, the, he's putting like facts to the things we always you know suspected about the government and one of the things he's talking about was the war between the fbi and the cia and the cia virtually has the country you know by the throat at the moment um, you know, the FBI has called them down on a number of issues where the CIA is operating on the domestic soil where it's not licensed to do that by Congress. And it takes its own initiative to go and do things when it should be authorized by Congress to do these initiatives, you know, overseas. And it's just, oh, the things he re- relates there are, you know, you're talking to a guy or listening to a guy that has, you know, spent years and years in the agency has been awarded all kinds of you know honors by the agency for work in various uh, operations and uh, within the CIA itself. Um, but you get you get satisfaction out of listening to him because you know, it's uh, not your average you know person in our group that doesn't have the the facts or the the authority behind the argument they make. But he talks about the the Illuminists and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and the world government and Obama and. Main thing they're they're concentrating on is the concentrated war to bring Trump down because the Illuminists don't like him. And um, you know, I said it on this show, gosh, probably several years ago, and and in between time as well, that I expect something rather interesting to happen when we get the disclosure of the quote unquote alien presence here. That what's going to happen is they're going to come at a time when the Earth's in problems. You know, uh, you know mankind is threatened with nuclear war, with famine, with uh, you know weather catastrophes, and doing the famine with earthquakes, volcanoes, asteroid impacts. You know, the sun, everything. Well, we're, we're getting very close to that point right now. And so, what we're seeing, in my opinion, is the groundwork being laid, uh, even by this CIA uh, former officer, to say that. The Illuminati need to be taken out. They, they're losing power, losing strength. They need to be removed. And I, I'm pretty sure that looking at the chessboard that Satan has set up for the planet, that one of the things he's going to do to put 
dirtiest man in place at the head of the world government, is to destroy, punish, wipe out the Illuminati and their whole banking system. And, you know, I'm probably going to be at the head of the line saying, yippee, good riddance, you know. You globalists can go suck oranges or lemons or whatever, you know, but then I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say, oh, wait a minute. Now, that's part of removing these bad guys doing us a favor by Satan's bad guys, you know, uh, that are posing as nice guys coming to help us, you know, settle the planet and, and make peace and safety for everyone. So I'm just warning people, uh, you're going to see the Illuminus, the banking system, that kind of stuff, get brought into line by the the uh, satanic invaders who will come as friends. And that's part of the great deception that uh, Jesus warned about in Matthew. Well, you um, talked about this in your book as well, um, early on, yeah. at, at least at its, at its periphery. And I, I just think that that's an amazing thing, how you mentioned that, because it, we we too will probably be in line saying, oh, good, this is this is great, and then, you know, right on the heels of that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, leading into that right now, one of the crisis curves we're seeing is the use of cash, large denomination cash, by criminal organizations to, you know, hide their income and their traffic and whatever from the governmental sources of whatever country they're in. Uh, India just recently, uh, gosh, they, they changed over to uh, digital cash in a lot of ways. Uh, not really, but they, they've taken out the big uh, rupee bills and stuff. Overnight, they just hit like 80% of the cash big dollar cash over there and said it's no longer legal tender. Turn it in or lose it and uh, go to the new system we're going to give you. And that was, you know, ostensibly to get rid of the criminal elements that uh, prosper in the underground using, you know, large rupee notes or U.S. dollar notes as well to uh, fund their operations. So people are going to be looking, you know, to see what happens now. Canada is one of the countries uh, that is next on the list for these bankers to hit. Um, they want to uh, get rid of the, the, the large uh, Canadian uh, notes as well. Um, the $100 U.S. note is going to go. In fact, we talked with a bank officer that we, a bank, you know, like um, president or what do you call him? What, what, what's the bank uh, controller, you know, who's in charge of the bank? What are they called? Our bank. Branch manager. Uh... Oh, branch manager, yeah. In one of our banks, and we had a chat with them off, you know, off to the side, and they said that the hundred dollar notes are definitely going to be phased out, so that you know, if you've got hundred dollar notes in the mattress or, you know, in your, uh, you know, safe or whatever, that they're not going to be legal tender when they do this, and even the fifty dollar note may be hit as well, and the equivalents in um, Canada and Australia. I'm just trying to remember what the other country other was other than Canada. New Zealand, that's it. New Zealand and Canada are the two to be hit by the major bankers to drive us into digital currency. Um, and not that we have a lot ourselves to worry about, but there are people who are you know, not criminals that have stored emergency cash. And, of course, the tidiest way to do it is in these larger bills because you can put it in a little pouch somewhere and hide it easily. But when it gets to $20 and $10 and $5 notes, you've got to stack up a lot of them, you know, five times, uh, you know, 50 times more than, than, than you would ordinarily. Um, so I can see us being driven now toward the cashless society we've been expecting, and it's happening rapidly. The uh, U.S. and global economy. 
organizing people, you know, I just, I don't think we're going to last as long as we'd like to with this administration. I think that uh, he's going to be so blocked or hampered that, you know, they may even try to impeach him for some stupid reason. I don't know, but no, I think we're that's, on the verge right. of that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they're pushing for impeachment. Oh, they are. Or, or um, impairment under uh, the 25th the, Amendment. Yeah, and today even, uh, well, yesterday... Pelosi said a case is being made in a very scientific and methodical way to impeach Trump, and what she's referring to is the um, one of the clauses. Um, I forget what the name of it was. The, the him having some kind of uh, corporate ties, or still being the owner of you know his his businesses and doing business overseas. Uh, I don't have the, the article in front of me, but obviously it's coming from Nancy Pelosi, so. Um, I would find another source, um, as she's just been breaking down left and right, mumbling, stuttering, not even being able to say Martin Luther King or other things properly. Don't know if it's if it's alcohol or otherwise known as a Wednesday on the Hagman Hagman <laughs> Report. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I guess sometimes, um, but it's definitely, um, yeah. I mean, they're they want Trump out of there, and if they can't get him out of there, they want to cause as much chaos and uh, division and and stir up as much crap as they possibly can while he's in there. And if it's any indication what Congress is doing, which is absolutely nothing, um, just shows you, you know, we have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and they haven't done anything since Trump has gotten into office. So will we see any movement there? And I do agree. And you have Obama in the background. You know, I saw he just is making $60 million off his book deal, the most ever for any ex-president for memoirs or whatever. Um, and he's behind the scenes working to uh, stir up protests. And um, even Holder today came out and said that uh, Obama is ready to come back uh, in the public. Uh, let me find the article here. It's on Politico. Yeah, he looks rested. And, oh, my goodness. It's... Yeah, and it's very strange. Um, I've never seen a, a former president so active in a current president's administration um, behind the scenes undermining him, openly undermining him and uh, continuing to do so. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Obama only lives two miles from the White House in that rented house and stuff. They've turned it into a local fortress. But, you know, it's like he is not giving up. He's wanting to take the reins back by force, it looks like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Um, but he's, they're definitely up to something. And well, organizing for action, Stan, and the umbrella group the groups that go with that. And then, of course, the... Um, the other thing, uh, his the former attorneys that were working with Obama now uh, forming the group, and I did a video on it. The name escapes me, but uh, uh, just throwing everything they've got at Trump. One point five million dollar budget, five people on staff right now. They expect to triple that here in the next couple of weeks. It's crazy. Boy, this is just this is revolution material. You know, you can see it coming. Did you hear, Stan, what um, uh, George W. Bush had said about uh, President Donald Trump in that interview that he gave? Um, it, it, the question you know, was, I watched about, that, and some of that was taken out of context. Okay, because the question, what I saw, the question was about the, the media, yeah. declaring the media the enemy of the people, and he said, no, free and independent media is key. And, and I understand that, but it just seemed like he was... in. There was an indictment of President Trump by Bush. I did, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. something that George W. did. I read about today, and I forget. I was going to say something about it too, but um, you know, 
all these former presidents and stuff that are alive. I mean, they're they're all supporting what's you know going against Trump. It's definitely telling you that we have this shadow government in force still, and they're very angry that they lost control by you know not getting Hillary in. Um, you know, oh, there's just so many things. Uh, I, and if Stan, I, I, if we can kind of switching gears here before I forget, because we haven't really got into this with any of our guests yet and while we're talking about Obama um, and, and the Trump administration I see on your on your guys uh, today um, about the oh, where'd it go? about the um, what's going on with, with the Jewish threats in this country there, you saw, we saw a cemetery desecrated in Philadelphia all these different bomb threats um to different Jewish schools and synagogues. I mean, just an absurd amount for the short time period it's in. Do do you know what's going on with this or why this is happening now? Or well, venture against? I'm uh, I'm starting to get emails from people I don't even know telling me, "Are you aware that there are two types of uh, Jews? You know, the real ones and then the fake ones, and that eighty percent of the world's Jews are the Ashkenazi fake ones that came from the Khazars." And, you know, I write back to these people and say, yeah, I'm aware of that. But, you know, it's something that I don't push a lot because people that aren't educated won't know how to tell the difference between a Sephardi and an Ashkenazi Jew, you know, a real one and a fake one. Jesus did warn us about it. He did say that the synagogue of Satan, you know, beware, that's coming. And these are people that claim to be Jewish but are not really. Um, and they they are going to... Uh, be blamed with a lot of things that they're certainly guilty of, you know, in the banking community and various other things. But uh, sadly, it's going to rub off on the Sephardi, the the real, you know, house of Israel that's spread all over the planet. Maybe half of them are in, in Israel, but they're not in control of Israel. The most of the stuff over there is being handled by, you know, Ashkenazi. And um, you know, I just. You know, I, that maybe that's why the cemeteries are being desecrated, because we're seeing a rise of anti-Semitism again, more more anti-Jew rather than anti-Semite, because the Arabs are Semites as well. But um, it's laying the groundwork for a global Nazi-type thing to persecute the Jews. And you can see, we've got problems forming in the Middle East around Israel, where the surrounding countries want to destroy them, and they make no secret of it. Iran says we want to wipe Israel out off the face of the map. Now, while they're doing this, uh, Israel is preparing for the attacks. They're, they're doing a lot of things that are you know, probably not open to the public, but they do have at least 300 nuclear weapons they can use. They're going to be forced to do something like this with nukes to fend off the, you know, the large armies that are forming around them, mainly under the uh, control of Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Russia. And um, when they do use their nukes, it's going to be the, the final button. You know, it's going to, the, the world's going to say, it's those Jews doing it to us. You know, we ought to stop them. And that's why you're going to see the Jews really persecuted openly by the world after they defend themselves and scare the heck out of everybody. And then there's going to be that uh, peace treaty for seven years signed with Israel and the nations around them. But you're going to see growing hatred for all Jews without regard to which ones are really Jews and which ones are posing as Jews and doing, you know, these bad things. That's that's what we're seeing form right now. Stan, if I can, if I can tap into your expertise on this, one thing I've been hearing a lot lately 
and I don't I don't even know and I'll admit this I don't know how to address this the people of Israel are not the real Jews this the nation of Israel is not the nation of the real Jews how do you respond to, to that when you hear something like that because to me it doesn't matter I think you you think you said it kind of not not like that but you referenced it or suggested that uh, and I think God it doesn't matter God uses whoever right I mean but, but I'll let you answer that well, we know that uh, God uses Israel uh, as his prophetic timepiece. And so for that reason, having it uh, be formed by, you know, whoever, whether Ashkenaz or Sephardi or somebody else in 1948, uh, it, it fulfills prophecy. Now, to say that the nation of Israel can do no wrong, I'm not silly enough to say that. Um, there are, uh, there's a community of Sephardic uh, Jews in Israel, and they're elsewhere, but they're certainly a large community in Israel. They're the ones that, that uh, know how to do the temple worship, you know, how to uh, use the temple when it's rebuilt by whoever. And um, uh, sadly, I don't think that they will be in, in charge of that uh, until after, you know, the, the Lord comes back and they recognize him for who he is. But uh They've trained their own uh, priest uh, for the temple worship to come. Uh, they, they're doing their part to be ready, but I don't think that they're going to be the ones that actually cooperate with the rebuilding of the new temple by the, the Antichrist. He will, he will help to, to have that uh, temple built. Uh, there are some very beautiful plans. I've seen the, the 3D uh, versions of it on uh, Google Earth where you can zoom in and look at uh, 3D view, uh, the, the 3D six, 360 degree views of inside the new temple that they've designed uh, based on the uh, both the Solomon uh, temple and the Herodian uh, temple. But uh, yeah, the, the persecution is going to grow. And as I say, the, the uneducated people uh, who don't look at religion of any kind basically are just, you know, stumbling through life or whatever, they are going to blame a whole um, genre of people, a whole uh, culture, the Jewish culture, for what a bright percentage of them are doing and have done. And it's hard to argue. I mean, you know, we know that a lot of the banking situations that we looked at in the Illuminist are, you know, uh, Ashkenaz, uh, Ashkenazi Jews. Uh, there's no secret about that. But I don't know how we're going to get the attention of people that get hot-headed and go out and want to break off, you know, uh, heads of stone things in the in the graveyards, Jewish graveyards, and you know, paint swastikas on, on their homes and that kind of stuff. I don't know how we're going to reach those people. And say, look, wait a minute. There are two kinds. There's the real ones and the fake ones. And um, you know, this is we're, we're seeing something form that I didn't want to see, but I know that Jesus told us it would be coming. So I think that's why it's happening. Okay. Stan, we got about um, four minutes left in this segment. Um, yeah, we're already there. Okay, yeah. And then and then the, the segment after. And I was just looking on your your um, show images page. And I wanted to ask you about the weather, if we can, before I forget. I'm going to get all my, my, my questions that I can have in my head out of the way right now. I saw that Chicago, for the first time in 146 years or since they've been keeping track of weather, didn't have any snow on the ground in January or February. And we, you know, we see that we, we talked a little bit about this the last few weeks. We've seen this warming trend, um, across much of the U S and we thought it was going away and, and it went away for a few days, at least up here in the North. And it, now it's warm again. 
and then it's going to go away for a few days, and then it's supposed to really get warm again. A very mild winter. Do you put any, um, I mean, the, the we know that the NOAA um, global warming data was manipulated, uh, and the man-made climate change argument was manipulated by scientists in order to make it look like the temperatures were higher than they, they were, but it's... Uh, um, any concerns with this, aside from the uh, what we talked about last week with the um, possibility for the uh, mixing up of the, the vegetation, you know, might get confused and start blooming early? Then any other concerns we need to be uh, worried about with this this weather pattern we have? Yeah, well, uh, when the weather pattern changes like it has, the last three years has been breaking records every year, getting hotter and hotter. And the seasons are starting, you know, like spring is starting earlier and earlier. And uh, you're talking uh, on the uh, the show images page there, image number 10, spring comes to, to come very early. If you click on that, you see a map made by the National Phenology Network, which uses USGS data and some other stuff to overlay the expected uh, temperature difference, uh, which you know, will make spring. And you'll see that uh, from, gosh, New Mexico up into Missouri, Oklahoma, Virginia, and all south to, to the northern part of the panhandle of, uh, of Florida, all that's going to see spring come probably two to three weeks early this year, earlier than last year and the year before. And this is affecting you know, the crops that these areas grow. We're also seeing portions of it that they show in the... Uh, the uh, Sierra Madres uh, in, in Nevada and uh, running through Arizona as well. So what I'm saying here is if this continues to do that kind of erratic behavior, drop, you know, like drought and flood and stuff alternating and hot and cold, we're getting the same thing you're getting down here, probably just a week or so separated where we have these you know, warm temperatures. You think it's spring and then it's back to you know, snowflakes like we had today and stuff and, and lower temperatures. But this, if this continues like this over in California where we have so much of our crops grown, um, it's going to hit the, the food market and hit your pocketbook because there won't be stuff unless you import it from some country that's got, you know, uh, crops that are working right, that, that the seasons are working for them. Um, and, and famine is one of the things that people just don't realize. It, it's in existence all over the planet in various places, more concentrated, say, like in Africa or in uh, Asia. But these kind of climate changes are going to create uh, stress between countries for resources of food and water. Uh, so, yes, I, I think that uh, we're seeing climate change that we need to be concerned with. And, you know, you can't, you know, prepare for, you know, food and stuff for your family for two or three years. You can only do it for, you know, a few weeks or months, whatever your budget can afford. And after that, you're going to have to depend on the weather to let you grow stuff, even if you've got seeds and plants. And, and, and this is the, the challenge. One of the great curves that's going to drive us into a world government is going to be famine and clean water. Holly addresses all this stuff in that Prophetic Perils book and details and shows maps and, you know, figures and, and stuff to tell you that we're in real strife already globally and people don't realize it yet. <laughs> Excuse me. Very interesting, Stan. Folks, you're listening to Stan Dale from standale.com. Bookmark his site, his and Holly's site, um, and make sure you check it every day. Holly's been doing a great job keeping up with the most important stories in the news. You got the uh, Stan's interviews, uh, newest interviews. You got a link to the YouTube channel, as long as, as well as um, a photo of the day, video of the day, comic of the day, 
meme of the day, which I'm going to start looking at those, Stan, every day when I get when I check your site. Uh, <laughs> it'll, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, try. It'll lighten your day, and sometimes it won't, but for the main part, yeah. And Stan will be with us through the next segment, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hagman Report. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Trading Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their house by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Final segment with Stan Deo. His website is standeo.com. Again, bookmark his site. Check it daily. There's a lot of great information there, as well as the show images page, which Stan uses each and every time he comes on our broadcast. And there he puts together images and articles and a whole bunch of information that we get into on the show. You know, I, 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 we're two hours behind him, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, so 
when I check the site at like at seven in the morning, it, it's it's already updated. So Holly, does Holly get up stand like a three? Four no, nine? four usually. <laughs> four o'clock. Wow, she does. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, thank you. Yeah, for that. really. Well, yeah. she That's does do a, a really good job at it and tries to pick the, the very important parts of the news. And of late, she's just been swamped with so many good stories. You know, they're, when I say good, interesting stories that we need to read to, to keep up with what's going on. Just so much, it's just increasing. Yeah, it is. Stan, we got a, a question here, um, something I don't see on your show images page, and I don't think that um, it might be a a story that you might have seen, might not have seen. Um, I guess it's a two-part question because I guess we're going to, we're going to talk about radiation. There has been some um, evidence, apparently, in allegations that there is a radiation cloud over Europe. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the the information on that. I can find the article, the latest article, and send it to you. Um, any thoughts on on where that's coming from? And then two, uh, some I've been seeing some things on Fukushima. But have you seen the story about the radiation, the cloud? And no, you? I missed that one. Um, where, where are they blaming it on? Do they say anything for uh, where it's coming from? Yeah, you know, this this story is about a week old, if I remember right. And what they have been trying to do is blame Russia testing um, uh, nuclear weapons for the increase in radiation. But from what I understand, there was a leak at a... Um, there was a leak at a nuclear facility. I believe it was in France, and I could have the country wrong. And that was announced maybe a week before this radiation cloud over Europe was detected. And they never mentioned uh, in the story about the radiation cloud. They never mentioned the nuclear power plant leak that happened in France. They immediately went to try to blame Russia. And what I found is from uh, uh, six days to a few days ago, mysterious new phenomenon: radiation cloud. Uh, um, and, and the one article was radiation spike in Europe, nuclear sniffer plane tasked with locating the source uh, in Europe. So if you just do a search for radiation cloud in Europe, you'll get a number of articles about it. And there's some images and some videos as well. I don't think well, they, you know, they've... Uh, and these are the only stories that we saw about this. They didn't come out and say, well, we found the source, we found how much radiation's out here. Um, it just kind of died with this last story of them launching a nuclear sniffer plane over Europe. Uh, and who's who's launching that? The French or who? I think it was a U.S. U.N. I think it was a U.N. Uh, U.N. initiative. Yeah. And, and apparently this cloud is obviously mobile. Okay, it's moving around. Uh, I'm not sure with the, with the airstream or whatever, but... Iodine-131 is what the levels of the isotope that has been recorded all the way from Norway to Spain. It was first detected in mid-January, and now um, the people are looking for the source. And again, this article talks about new Russia possibly conducting secret nuclear weapon tests, um, but it does not talk about the, the leak in the... Uh, oh, yeah, they do. They go on to say, alarm was raised in January by the R IRSN, um, the French Radio Protection and Nuclear Safety Institute. But, yeah, there's been a cloud of iodide-131 that has been detected in Norway. Um, 
and all the way to Spain, the Czech Republic, Finland, Poland, Germany, France, and a, a number of other countries. But well, they don't list the source. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things uh, I'm having, I'm trying to keep up with what you're saying there, but uh, we're having, like, um, very slow Internet here. It hit the eastern states today, the, the denial of service, uh, a lot of the servers there. Did you notice that? Yeah, from what I saw, it was an Amazon... Um, it was an Amazon S3, um, uh, I don't even know how to word it, server, S3 server that didn't host its own site, but it hosted millions of other sites that went bad, or there was some kind of problem that increased error rates and, and spurred a massive web outage. But, yeah, that, that was directly related to Amazon. I don't think there was any anything else there besides what, or Amazon servers failing, and the 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 websites that were hosted on Amazon server failing. Mm. Well, anyway, it certainly slowed us down here in the last hour, or so it seemed like it to come come westward. But um, with the radiation cloud, I, I I can't speak with authority on it until I research that and see. Um, did uh, Did you see any maps that showed the path of that cloud? Did it go over England and down into Europe, or, or how did it move? Um, I I can go back and look at the maps, but from what uh, this article says here, it was first detected in Norway in the second week of January, and then it was detected in Finland, Poland, then the Czech Republic, then Germany, then France, and it ended with Spain. So it's moving down Europe, a southerly direction. Yeah, actually then- a, a south-southwesterly uh, direction. Well, we have nuclear facilities, uh, weapons uh, in Norway, uh, part of NATO. Some of those are right on the Russian border. But those are weapons, not, uh, you know, reactors. I'm not sure if that would be the source of it. But coming from the north and down like that, the prevailing winds, as I recall, are not... um, uh, they 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 circle. They they from the equator they spin around in, in, in a circle counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere. There as they uh, spread their, their weather patterns. But to me that would indicate that there would have to be something way north that was releasing that radiation. That's just weird. And the article does say that um, if a nuclear test were to take place, that the releases of this uh, iodine one thirty one would also be expected. There would also be a number of other radioactive isotopes that would be released, as well as the uh, iodide-131. But are they detecting they, they, that with that sniffer plane no. yet? No, they've only detected the iodine-131. Boy, that's a mystery. So I guess it's a, yeah, I was just going to say, I guess that's a mystery. All right, well, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, I, You know, we've been looking at a number of things over the years that are, you know, part of the clandestine, uh, you know, global government, that kind of stuff. And I found something here which doesn't answer the nuclear question, but it addresses the UFO question. Um, there's, I have an article here that's uh, telling about the increase in uh, UFO sightings globally. And mm-hmm. I um, saw that. Did you, okay, do you see that in the U.S. it's now 300 times the sighting ratio than the rest of the planet on average? In the last 10 yeah. years, gosh, is it 10, is 20, 30, last 30 years, the increase in UFO sightings has just grown exponentially. And I thought part of that would be due to, you know, cell phones and people got it on them so they can take a picture. But that's only if they're recording a picture. People can see it whether they got a cell phone.
but why uh, do we see 300 times more uh, than the global average being cited and reported here in the United States? Is it because we're on the lookout more than the rest of the people, uh, you know, uh, social media posting this, and so we get interested? Uh, there's something just <laughs> driving this, and I'm wondering if it's the beginning of driving us to the official disclosure type thing. We, we know it's got to come soon uh, because the, the world is shaping up to where it needs to have uh, this, you know, spacemen, messiahs, and that kind of stuff. Um, and along that line, uh, the there's an article there, uh, figure 13, or uh, cell 13 on my show images page. says, U.S. Navy spies learn secret of Nazi anti-gravity spacecraft. And it's on a site called exopolitics.org, which is politics of extraterrestrials or, you know, other worlds and this altogether. Uh, it's uh, run primarily by Dr. Michael Sala. And I ran across these articles and more on his site. I think it's a, a good site to go have a look at because he does document a lot of this stuff very well. And one thing I found particularly interesting, and it's in image 14 on my show images page, is he put an article out on his site which you can get by clicking on that uh, picture of the flying saucer. It says, Secret Australian Anti-Gravity Program linked to 1966 flying saucer landing. You're just in the bay outside of, of uh, Melbourne in Australia. Uh, and the reason I found this quite interesting, put a link to it, is he supports what I've been talking about, uh, you know, for years, and talking about me working down at Fisherman's Bend, which um, is... Um, uh, Fisherman's Bend is in that bay area that you're, you're seeing there. Um, I'm just see if I can pull the article up here. Huh. Right, it won't let us have it. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get it fixed later. But it's a um, it, it tells that he supports all of the same things I claimed in the Cosmic Conspiracy. He points puts point after point in why what I said is correct, and they got proof of it now. So or, for all these years, where I had so many people, you know throwing stuff on me, you know, saying, oh, Dale's wrong, he's a lunatic, whatever. This guy is now saying, no, he's not. Look at this, here's the proof. Um, so get on to exopolitics anyway, and um, uh, dot .org, and uh, put in there, you know, search for Dayo and um, Cosby Conspiracy and see the article this guy wrote, because it is, it is encouraging to finally have some of these people that are documenting this you know, give me the credit and, and prove that what I was telling people is correct. I mean, he even checked into, like, Dr. James R. Maxfield's letter in my book and all that kind of stuff. He he did his homework. And I'm just so pleased. But um, anyway, ExoPolitics, get on there and look at that. Um, there's a, a, another article that I haven't got up on that site uh, about um, NASA about to launch a a solar satellite to go very close to the sun. Did you uh, see that guy, that news today? Yeah. It's supposed to go about 400,000 yeah. miles uh, close or away so from the sun's surface. Oh, 4 million miles. Okay. Any, any yeah, closer, I think it'd cook it. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I think it's .25 AU or something like that. And um, it's supposed to help explore the uh, EMP threat and the coronal mass ejection threat that the sun poses to the Earth. Yes, and it's rather interesting that article. I mean, I mean, why are they putting that money into research like that? Unless they're thinking maybe the sun is going to do something atypical. It's going to do something unusual we haven't seen before in our lifetime. Uh, they're 
definitely thinking ahead, you know, and saying, we need to keep an eye on it. And one of the weird things about the sun, and, and they tell you that in the article, is that the um, the atmosphere, the photosphere of the sun, or it's, you know, the corona photosphere out there, they are 350 times hotter than the surface of the, earth, of the sun underneath that. Now, you know, why is that? Because it should be hotter in closer to the, the core of the sun, but it's 350 times hotter when you get outside the normal surface of the sun into the solar atmosphere. The, you know, the, there are various layers to it, but basically into the coronal atmosphere that throws off all these flares and, you know, the stuff we'd see in an EMP. Anyway, uh, I just think it's rather interesting that uh, at this point they're spending money to put a satellite up there to monitor that kind of stuff. It's almost like they they know what's going to be happening in the Revelation of John, where he talks about the sun going dark and the, then, then the light of the sun being seven times as bright, you know, uh, it, it, during the periods uh, in the Revelation when they're breaking the seals. So I think I think this is an important issue to watch, is what they're monitoring on the sun. Uh, and they wouldn't do it unless they thought something is potentially going to cause us harm, you know, planet-wide, uh, more than just solar flares. Uh, I've still, I haven't still figured out why the, the, the outer atmosphere of the sun is so much hotter than inside it. It, uh, it must be some sort of a reaction that occurs in that layer of the sun, but you'd think if it's 350 times hotter than the, the layer beneath it, why didn't it heat up that layer? You see what I'm saying? It, it, there's something mm-hmm. separating mm-hmm. the surface of the sun from that coronal, you know, gaseous atmosphere and not letting the heat go back into the sun. It's just weird. That is weird. It, it mean, harkens back to what you said about the uh, book of Revelation. And, yeah. and Stan, if we can, I want to... The, back to the UFO piece, if we can, um, mm-hmm. because I just got to look at this map again for the second time this week or in the last few weeks. Is there anything to this that the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Australia, Great Britain, Portugal, Norway, Finland, and Sweden, or not Sweden, Norway and Finland, and those are the countries that are in red, meaning there's plus 25 UFO UFO sightings per 10 million people. Plus 25 is is, uh, the highest the chart goes to, and, and then there's a global median in the middle, and then um, and then the plus 25 is in red, and the the lower counts on in blue. And you see all these countries from Russia, China, India, I mean Saudi Arabia, half of Africa, South America, all in blue. The only places that are in red are are the North America, Australia, and then you have Great Britain, Portugal, and and uh, Norway, and, and such up above that. Is there any, well, we any deal um, with Norway. rhythm to this? Say again. Is there any? Um, I mean, it looks like it's just the. The most Western uh, cultures seem to be having the most UFO sightings. Would there be any reason for that? Well, I looked at that too, and I noticed that uh, that huge anomaly that uh, we're the you know the Western nations are primarily the only ones having that kind of density of sightings. Norway is part of uh, NATO, and of course, uh, the organization I work for under Dr. Teller. We had a base up there, the, the NATO base we used uh, for a lot of the testing of our own flying saucers at that time, you know, back in the, in the 70s, uh, late 60s and 70s, early 70s. Um, as far as Portugal, that one is a mystery to me. I don't know why that's involved in, in the increased sightings, but certainly Australia, Great Britain, the United States, and, and, and Canada as well. 
would be um, more developed uh, technologically. Uh, people uh, would be more traveling and, and uh, you know, without permit passes and that kind of stuff like you have in many of the other countries, uh, you know, to cross borders and things. So people would be camping and going out perhaps more in these countries um, than they would uh, in the other countries like, you know, in Russia and Africa and things like that because they're primarily uh, trying to survive every day and get enough to eat versus going out looking up in the sky and saying, oh, look, there's another light. So maybe that's part of the, you know, the, the factor that drives this. But it is unusual. Why are we seeing all these things? And um, I don't know what the, the satellites are recording over, say, like Saudi Arabia and, and uh, the Middle East. Are, are we seeing from orbit more UFOs, but just not being reported to the public? So it's a, a statistic that's hard to really understand if you give a drift. You know, it's it's weird. It is it is weird, and um, I just can't help but wonder if it's our if it's our society, our or if there is something going on in the sky. And another image I looked on here was the type of sightings that were seen. You used to have, I think they categorized it into four or five different um, types, like the saucer, the cigar, um, a light. And, and back in the in the beginning where the chart starts in the 1910, 1910 to 1920, 1930, the most noticed UFO sighting was the saucer, followed by cigar, um, followed by a sphere, followed by light. Now, the highest uh, sighted UFO is the light. And I don't know if, you know, we've seen orbs and weird things moving throughout the sky, but then you have to wonder, um, also, you know, with drones and, uh, I don't know, I always wonder, you know, what goes through people's minds. Uh, and I've seen many strange things in the sky that I would say are UFOs over my time looking out there. But then there's things that you can explain, like satellites and you know, different things. So I, I don't, it just makes me wonder if it's not our imagination sometimes. Um, but then why is, you know, three-fourths of the Earth uh, having like, basically no sightings or, you know, lower than usual sightings? Just kind of curious, I guess. Well, and then countries right, right next to each other. You have you have countries, you know, with hundreds of miles of bordering each other. One country's red, the other one's completely, you know, blue. Um, meaning that, you know, one country... On the same land, basically, seeing all these UFO sightings, and then when it gets to Russia, whether it's reported or not, I don't know. Yeah, and th- that's know. not. To, and by the way, that is not cutting off the um, uh, statistical. That that's not an artifact of statistical uh, right, assembly. Right. Okay, so it's much something much more coordinated, I would say. Hmm. Well. You know, I, I think I agree with what you're saying there, Doug, though, that, um, uh, and Joe, both of you, that the the political structures, the societal pressures are mores, whatever, between these countries over the same piece of land, but there's a border between this country and that one. Uh, one sees and reports a lot, and the other sees nothing. Now, we know that the Russian-controlled uh, uh, countries, uh, that they... They people there probably won't report these things as readily as they will here uh, in the free world because they'd be investigated or you know brought in for questioning that kind of stuff. So there might be a fear factor that holds down the reporting there. Um, I, I know that Russia was involved, uh, you know, with the Tellers Group that I work for. Russia was involved, uh, Norway, England, United States, Canada, New Zealand, um, in 
information sharing that the Russians were, you know, partially involved in, even though they weren't trusted completely by the Teller's group, because they held uh, Dr. Andrei Sakharov uh, in kind of like house arrest uh, in the country, so he couldn't even go get his Nobel Prize because he was involved with Teller in the uh, the dealing with these um, the fallen ones, the the aliens they call them in the, the counterculture. But um, so when you look at that. The countries that are seeing the most of them may just be getting more reports because of the freedom to, to make these reports without repercussions from neighbors or government or whatever. The other side of it, or the other part of it might be that because the teller group of countries, which were primarily the Western uh, nations, uh, were developing these technologies and were using them, when we were kicked out of these bases that we shared with the, the fallen ones, we may have continued, I'm sure we continued to a degree, to develop these technologies and make very fast aircraft and, uh, you know, sub-oceanic, you know, submarine-type craft as well. And so our elite uh, of the globalists use these devices to fly around and, and do things however they organize, you know, political structures and, you know, trade agreements or whatever. So we might be seeing more of them because our guys over in the Western side are using them more for a very quick solution of problems where these fast flying saucers would be useful and and again since gosh what was it 1970s I think uh, late 70s early 80s we started seeing these triangle craft you know the the um, Aurora type craft they call them that could very well have been some of our our own development and uh, so you know shape size all these things change I think the next one on the, the docket to be kind of officially photographed and released is going to be the super massive craft in the air. Uh, you know, the the Phoenix Lights type craft, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That will impress everybody because people could say, oh, it's um, an Air Force, an Army, or, you know, a Russian or British uh, test craft. Okay, could well be, you know, a little flying craft of, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet, 200 feet even. But when you start talking in half-mile to mile diameter size crafts, they're not from around here, or at least people think that. And I think this will be the icing on the cake that comes very shortly when they do make the disclosure of the alien presence, that uh, this will this will convince all the Earth engineers that would complain and physicists that would complain that, you know, it's just a test craft. No, we're not testing anything a mile wide. That's just, <laughs> that's not from around here, and that'll be <laughs> the final proof that they need. Stan, um, while we're talking about this, have you heard anything about Antarctica lately? Bits and pieces. Um, mainly that there's something going on down there that has attracted the attention of, you know, former astronauts, of, uh, you know, uh, Secretary of State, former Secretary of State, uh, Prime Ministers, going down to Antarctica. Gingrich and, was... What? was one of the last people to go down there. Uh, I think I saw that at the end of last week. Newt Gingrich was going down there. Mm-hmm. And Buzz Aldrin was down there before he died. John Kerry was down there, uh, former yeah. Secretary of State. But I, I guess I was referring to something. Uh, I, I read something. There was no, there was no uh, information to back it up, but possible evacuation from a certain area down there. I don't know if it was due to cracking ice or, or what. Uh, I don't even know if it was true, actually. I, I kind of wanted to get your take to see if you heard anything like that. Well, I've seen the cracking ice photos and stuff. Uh, there's going to be another chunk of uh, ice, you know, a big berg break off. It's, a, it's um, 
they started moving one of the, the uh, Antarctic bases to a safe place and evacuated because they know within a year or so that that's going to crack off and separate from the you know the main uh, Antarctic uh, ice cap. It's also going to release pressure that was holding back a number of other uh, surface uh, you know ice caps on the the Antarctic mass, which will drop into the ocean uh, following that one. So that would be of interest. But I don't understand. You know, it's not like a a favorite uh, vacation spot for these elitists that are going down there. They're going down there at risk uh, into an uncomfortable environment. Why? You know, there's something bigger than a calving iceberg, you know, and a a base having to be moved. There's something bigger going on there. I know that. Okay. Well, I appreciate the uh, the insight. I mean, yeah. you can't get any in- any good information of what's going on down there. There are no airline hubs down in <laughs> Antarctica. You know, I mean, it's, it's and that's it's regular a destination. Folks. That's regular. And the military go guys there. don't give frequent flyer points either. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you as a citizen, you know, you can get, you can go down there, but you will be taken to only certain locations. Um, and I mean, it's not like people can decide, oh, I want to go to Antarctica, and I'm going to go here, 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 and here. No, if you're allowed to go to Antarctica, you'll be told where you can and can't go. Um, that in itself doesn't it. tell you that the, the globalists, you know, do have control of that down there. And with the increased activity, you got to wonder if. That's going to be a bolt hole, you know, a safe haven for the, the globalists when the, the mass insurrections start on the planet and uh, need to be brought into line by the new Antichrist and his, uh, you know, satanic supporters and these saucers and their technology. Uh, you know, there is an island down there just off the coast of Antarctica that we think may be used by elitists to have, you know, underground facilities and Internet access and stuff from there. Certainly, we're not going to, as civilians, get close to it, as you said. So it would be a perfect gated community for these guys. We'll just have to yeah, keep looking. I, mean, I don't know yeah. what we're going to find out. Yeah, got to just keep digging in there and seeing what we can find. But again, um, there is a, a, a ring of silence around Antarctica and those who go there. And you just don't, aside from you, the comings and goings of certain people, you do not hear anything about what's going on down there. One rumor I did get from uh, somebody emailed me about was about the they found a, a, a frozen city under the ice, an ancient city, you know, building streets and that kind of stuff, pyramid. I don't know. This is one of those kind of things that could be, you know, disinformation put out there or just somebody having fun with the the public. But th- there's something under the ice there. there. It was in a zone that was a, a temperate zone. There were trees and there were lakes and rivers before the ice settled on it, and that was at the time of the Great Flood when the surface of the planet, the mantle, shifted and, you know, then froze whatever is on that continent. I'd be interested yeah. to see what's there. Yes, it would. Stan, you've taken us till the end of the episode once again. I want to thank you so much for, for joining us and you and Holly for your fantastic work. Uh, Standale.com is the website. Make sure you bookmark it. You can uh, get all your information and news right there from standair.com very early in the morning <laughs> thanks to holly you can indeed with your first cup of coffee she's got it there waiting for you <laughs> well that's great thank you stan again and until next week stay safe god bless and have a great night and thank holly for us i will do good night boys thanks bro thanks
All right, that'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, have a great evening.